Hey, yo, say hello to the back Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The gold, gold system. The world is listening. Show here on the SNS Radio Network to boldly go. No, that's that's the other show. Um, we're gonna do fantasy book. No, I've forgotten what this show is about. Oh wait, no, I didn't, because that's some sort of April Fools. Even though it isn't April, but bear with us. There's a lot of crazy stuff gonna be talked about tonight. Anyway, yeah, this is Ashley. 
And no, that isn't my name for tonight. Tonight, my name is going to be Usain Bolt. And I'm joined by my co-host, um, Seamus. Seamus, how are you doing? Are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't realize I was sorry. Irish. So, sorry, Sandro. It's 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 having a nasty effect. I'm like Google's homepage every single year. There's something wrong with it at April the first. Except mine's just gone early, in a bad way. But anyway, how have you been this week? I'm doing all right. Don't worry, there will be other tomfoolery and all that stuff. Well, we're talking about we're talking about kaiju. What do you expect? Although we will be a lot more, we won't be giggling like schoolgirls this time. Probably. Yeah, that's the baby. Can't. Yeah. Can't be sure. I probably won't be completely hysterically out of it, but we're gonna try and keep it relatively sane, if that's at all possible. But anyway. We will start off, as ever, with the news, and by the looks of it, Evolve's new title, to, if you've seen the pictures which are on our Facebook page and been quite a few places over the internet, to me, Sandro, actually, the belts actually look pretty good. Yeah, I would completely agree. This is a definitely a very good-looking title that they've done, and uh, I'm pretty impressed with it. I can't wait to see it at uh, WrestleCon next week. Because in essence, it does kind of look like the World Heavyweight Championship from WCW. It's got the same kind of design at the top, because I know, I can't remember who it was on the uh, on the SNS group. Was it the Power, I think? Was it the Power Andy Knowles? Who didn't like the design like right at the top? Oh yeah, like the way it so. out or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So uh, that is the, that's the closest thing you're going to get to an email this week, people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, I can certainly see his points. It does, but when you look at some of the other belt, as I say, the world heavyweight title, which you've had on WCW since the '90s and whatever, that's got. A relatively similar design, because why it peaks up like that in the middle, I don't know. It could just be a, a plain flat belt, but I guess it's to co- I guess it's to cover their belly button in case they're you know careful. Or people don't that wrestlers don't want to see want people to see their belly button or something. I don't know, but yes, um, the Evolve show is it the Friday or the Saturday? It's the Friday. Okay, Friday is, and I think that's on iPay-Per-View as well, so, and pretty much, yeah, this is kind of the preview to the preview for next week, but I think every single, because we might as well mention this now, because by the time this goes out, some of the shows probably will have started for some people listening next week, I think pretty much nearly all the shows that are happening are going to be live-streamed in some capacity. So I'm trying to think through. The Ring of Honor one, which isn't officially part of WrestleCon, it's its own separate thing, the Supercard of Honor, that's on iPay-Per-View. 
the Evolve and DGUSA shows over the three days are all going to be on iPay-Per-View. Uh, Shimmer, I think, is, is Shimmer on iPay-Per-View? Yes, it is. Yeah. Kaiju Big Battle is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um... I think the only one that isn't is Shikara and five dollar. Is five? Uh, see, it, it wouldn't surprise me if five dollar wrestling also somehow got streamed. Probably for five dollars. I don't know to be honest, but but uh, I I know ZZW is having their right pay per view uh, next week as well. Mhm. Uh, so as of now, pretty much Shikara uh, is the only show at WrestleCon that won't be having the night pay per view. Which is uh, kind of surprising, yeah. to be honest, because there are a lot of good matches there that I'm interested in, and I'm sure a lot of people wanted to see those matches, on the, you know, on the interweb, you know. But uh, I, I guess we'll have to wait till the DVD comes out. I wonder, though, for that, because of the scale of the event, whether they're going to Smart Mark are going to do it on a King of Trio style thing, have the video sorted by Saturday. And then already uploaded on SmartMark Video on Demand for the Monday or the Tuesday. It's so it's up there right. immediately. Because it's arguably, if you think about it, it's one of their big shows, the WrestleCon one. I mean, oh, okay, you've got the two IBA previews that they do and King of Trios. This year, you've also got the Tag World Grand Prix coming back for the first time in about five, six years. So, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah. Uh, best place to find out about all those, if you are interested, because I'm pretty sure myself and Sandro and Randy will probably put links up uh, we'll be on the whole Indie Show Facebook page. We'll be perhaps not putting links up directly to where you get the streams, but we'll put the cards up, definitely, for all of them. Even the ones that we don't really want to talk about, <laughs> like uh, $5 Wrestling, Yeah, which is just personal taste. Technically, I don't want to talk about Kaiju, but there's some weird head, the weird thing in the back of my head that's saying, you know you want to see it. <laughs> I don't know why. We'll get to that, but I guess the other one we could talk about, or the other one we can discuss now regarding WrestleCon, is Extreme Rising. Because they were set to have shows, I think, the Thursday, the Friday, and the Saturday. I think the first, the Thursday one was in Philly, was it? That's what I'm hearing, dude. So. And then the Friday and the Saturday were in Jersey. And now all three of the shows have been cancelled due to poor ticket sales. Gee, I wonder why. Um, one, because half of them are probably being used for CZW. <laughs> Two, um, lack of publicity. Because I, I knew they were doing shows because they mentioned it in November. I think that's the last time they... No, December. Their last show, wasn't it? Right at the end of the year. I haven't heard anything from them since then. I wasn't even... About anything happening. Not even, like, matches being set. I wasn't even aware they were having shows uh, at WrestleMania weekend. I I vaguely remembered it. 
from end of, as I say end of December, but the rest of it, yeah. Well, the fact the fact that there was no real matches seemingly set, even up to I think last week, kind of made, gave you a sign that they already knew ticket sales weren't that good. Well, and also the fact is, how much money do you think people have? Because Thursday, okay, there's nothing going on, but then you're not in Jersey, you're in Philly. Friday, you've got Evolve, and um, trying to think what else is going on on the Friday. CZW's having a show there. Yes, CZW and Shimmer. No, Shimmer is on the Saturday. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, CZW. Evolve is the afternoon, isn't it? And ZCW is the evening. And then the big one. And then it's Kaiju. Yeah, yeah and then it's Kaiju, goddammit. I just. And then Saturday you've got Shimmer, followed by Shikara, followed by Dragon Gate. Yep. And then. That's it. Dragon Gate at the end, but also on the Friday you've got Ring of Honor. Yeah. So. But, uh. I just... And plus Saturday you've got the TV tapings for Ring of Honor. I, I just want to point out, apparently, uh, when this news came out, a lot of people were saying that apparently there was one match that was confirmed, and apparently it was a match between Sabu and Jushin Thunder Liger. Which, to be honest, I don't want to see that match in 2013. Now, if it was... Yeah, that if, that's just trying to recreate EC Dub. Well... I know for a fact they had one match, and that was back in New Japan in the '90s, and it's a, it's a pretty bad match, but it's on Botchamania yeah. multiple times. Yes, and there's, <laughs> and there's a good reason why there was a bad match. If you saw Sabu's you shoot interview, you find out why. Because, well, let's just say uh, he didn't have a lot of energy. Let's just say that, and that's why the match was shit back then. Yeah. Think what it would be like now, 15 years oh on. I'm just glad that that match will not happen. Thank goodness. I don't <laughs> want to see that. You know, good Lord. Liger is not the same that he used to be. You know, granted, he could do like a, you know, the standard, you know, flying crossbody, but, you know, he doesn't do the same moves that he used, that he used to do back in the day. He's not doing the shooting star press, you know. Uh, he's not doing some of the other moves that he can do back then. He's still active, but I just don't want to see that match in 2013. Well, speaking of Sabo, <laughs> let's get to part one of our res- recap of results from last week. I guess part one of three, because part three will be us talking about Shine. Eight. But uh, we start off with another what, a match that's making the news and a show that's making the news for all the wrong reasons. Heavy on wrestling. And this was the venue and the place for Jerry Lynn's last ever wrestling match before he retires. Mm-hmm. And I say last ever with pretty much quite supreme confidence because I don't think he's going to try and do a Ric Flair. No. In all honesty. So let's go for the card. Uh, started off as a six man tag, which saw Luke Hawks, Scott Summers, and Perry Saturn defeat Araya Davari, John Johnson, 
and Aaron Corbin. Then Black Stallion defeated the Rhino by countout. Black Stallion, wow. That sounds so 80s. Then Blue Meanie and Al Snow defeated Craven Knight and Rennie D. Then in a no DQ match, Sabu defeated Eric Cannon. Wow. Wow. AIW is pissed. <laughs> no, I think Gabe is pissed. Yeah, true. Uh, then Darren Corbin defeated Tommy Dreamer. Oh, wow. Big upset there. Yeah. Uh, then your heavy arm wrestling championship on the line as Ben Saylor defended successfully against Adam Pierce. Hmm. So a nice feather in the cap for Ben. And then in the main event, Jerry Lim was successful. So in your very last match, he actually did came out on top. He didn't go out on his back or anything. Defeating Horace the Psychopath, JB Trask, and some guy called Sean Waltman. And yes, if you've heard Wrestling News Live, you'll hear all the details about it on there. If you haven't, go check the archive of it out. All I'll say is his he kind of ripped a new one, literally. You know what? I want to talk about this for a bit. Uh, because <laughs> I saw the footage, and when you see the footage... Courtesy of TMZ. Uh, yeah, apparently TMZ is a... You know, the latest site for all your wrestling needs, apparently. TMZ, the Fox News of wrestling. That's a good comparison right there, yeah. Uh, so let's put it that way. Uh, but anyways, when you look at the footage, uh, Waltman uh, did the Bronco Buster. He, he did land it on the turnbuckle, but it looked like he landed on the turnbuckle like normally. And then it, he, he didn't like botch it or anything, but you know, he, he landed on the turnbuckle. And then you see Waltman, you know, uh, I'm not going to say this. Uh, I guess uh, check on himself, I guess. And he, he felt like there was something wrong. Now, um, when you watch the footage, uh, it doesn't look like there's anything wrong with him, but he knew that something was wrong. And, you know, of course, all the details came out. And apparently, you know, his, his anus broke, basically. Uh, there's no other way to put it. But it didn't happen until, like, during the after party, uh, I guess it was for Jerry Lynn. Uh, he noticed that there was some blood uh, falling out. And he, he went to the hospital, you know, for ER. And they told him what happened. He was very surprised. But this is just something that you don't hear in wrestling. I mean, we, we hear a lot of injuries. But this is some, this is just, this just takes the cake right here. You know when people say I worked my ass off? He literally did. You know what the sad thing is about this? Is that on that show, everyone will remember the night that Shaw Waltman had his anus broke. They yeah. won't remember the Jerry Lynn had remember Jerry Lynn's last yeah. match. I will just remember Oh, that's the time China got revenge oh, via some sort of telepathy. I don't know. <laughs> And, and you know, there's one thing I'm wondering. Why did Jerry Lynn decide to have a fatal four-way as his final match? I mean... Um, what, I, guess it's what the, I guess it's what they booked him into. I mean, why, why didn't he just have a one-on-one? Because I thought he was having a one-on-one with uh, Sean Waltman. Wasn't that the at least the official word, supposedly? 
now the conspiracy theories fly. Where's Andy Knowles? Did Sean, did Sean know he was going to break his asshole? Hence why they made it a four-way rather than a one-on-one. Uh, but uh, I don't know. But anyway, after after all that, and while apparently Sean Walkman's ass was still hanging out of his ass, uh, the wrestlers came back all paying their respects to Jerry Lynn. He thanked everyone for their appreciation and everyone he'd ever worked with over the years, probably apart from Vince McMahon. I guess. But he had he had somewhat of a success. I mean, he was a you know a champion there, so yeah, you can say that at least. Yeah, but if you look if you if you look at some of the comments that he's made about his time there, less than positive. I can understand, but it's not going to get him anywhere, to be honest. Sure. Um, continuing on with results, Brian Kendrick's King of Flight tournament. Yes. Yeah, they're very, very interesting results from... We're not going chronologically with these. We're just going in kind of build of epicness, sort of. And I don't know if you can have epicness. Anyway, uh, started off with the first round matches. And by the looks of it, the poster was completely wrong. Because the matches that came from the semi-finals after it was nothing like the poster. But anyway, uh, first round saw Samurai Del Sol defeat Paul London. AR Fox defeat Nick Jackson. Ricochet beat Amazing Red. And Rich Swan defeat Matt Jackson. Mm-hmm. So both of Jackson's out. Um, I can't remember whether we got them exactly right, but even as it is, the semi-finals actually turned out to be... Rich Swan on Ricochet and Del Sol versus AR Fox. Which, as I say, is different to the way the poster was arranged, but in that sense, you basically had two finals matches, except there were semi finals. Uh, those matches saw Samurai Del Sol beat AR Fox and Ricochet come out on top against Rich Swan, and then the final. It was Samurai Del Sol that got the win against Ricochet in what was probably a damn great match. I can imagine. To I can the very first, the very first king of flight. Apparently, Kendrick is doing a lot of tournaments, so <laughs> I think we might have to, you know, the king of screwing up. Your nominees are Sabu. <laughs> Well, I just hope uh, I just hope this show gets a DVD release because I'm really interested in this show. So I, let's hope for a DVD release soon. I don't know, I'm just having a quick look. I'm just, I'm just looking at the website. There isn't all they've got is King of Flights. So that's a bit update. And I'm just looking in the store, I'm seeing if a, now you can pre-order the DVD for fifteen bu- for fifteen bucks for those eight guys. Worth it. Oh yeah. Easy. Uh, so, final set of results for this first part of results is the AAW Epic nine-year anniversary show. Started off with Louis. Is it Louis or Lewis? It's uh, Louis. Louis Linden 
teaming up with Marion Fontaine to defeat the Monster Mafia of Ethan Page and Josh Alexander. Oh, uh, to me, that's a little bit of a surprise. I'm sorry, my mistake. It's actually Lewis Linden. I apologize. Oh, it is yeah. Lewis. Okay. Lewis Linden and Marion Fontaine coming out on top, though, against Page and Alexander. Very interesting. Then they announced that Miss Natural is coming to AAW. And what, who's she? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's a good answer. Uh, the second match saw Miss Chief defeat Heidi Lovelace via submission. Hmm. That looked interesting. Uh, then former champion Merrick Brave comes out to thank the crowd, but then the debuting Christian Rose interrupts. And they have a brawl, and Rose nails Brave with the ring bell. Nice. Then, uh, Yuntai Miller defeated Prince Ali after a kick to the corner called the Goodbye Tooth. <laughs> I wonder why it's called that. Hmm. <laughs> then there was, oh, an interesting four-way match here with Lamar Titan and Tweak winning a four-way that also featured Zero Gravity, Marcus Crane and Dan Lawrence, and Christian Abel and T.D. Thomas. I'm guessing that's Tadarius. Yes, it is. Yeah, when uh, Lamar Titan pinned Christian Abel. Then for the tag team titles, uh, the Irish Airborne successfully uh, retained against the Sex Bobombs with Matt Fitchett and Davey Vega. But they, uh, yeah, apparently, uh, yeah, they've, Dave favoured his left knee for quite a lot of the match, but they still. Managed to spike pile drive Davy Vega. Then we hmm. had Chanda McClure out for a promo. And then during the intermission, they announced that Elgin versus Richards has been signed for the AEW title on April the 12th. So the week after, both guys leave it out in the ring for Ring of Honor. They're going to do it again for AEW. <laughs> That's the next. Oh, damn it. Yeah, the next show. Uh, the point of no return. Yes. That sounds a bit ominous. Then we have... Uh, <laughs> Crotch losing to... And this is according to the the write-up here on PW Ponderings. Jordan McIntyre and his amazing pink hat. <laughs> jo- you know, Joseph had his amazing Technicolor Dream Goat. McIntyre, this Jordan McIntyre guy's got his amazing pink hat. Why not? And then <laughs> Keith Walker versus Ryan Boz. Basically, it was ruled a no contest thanks to uh, Lamar Titan and Tweak. Tweak Phoenix, isn't it? It is. Yeah, they interfered. But there is a picture here, which I don't know whether we'll have to put it up on the Facebook page. If you are of a nervous disposition and you don't like beating up people. Don't look at the picture because let's just say I don't know is it Walker or Boz that it's, one? Uh, that's what uh, I believe that's what uh, a Walker, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, let's just say Walker's chest it is red, turning purple, turning black. Mm-hmm. It is that bad. I'm guessing there must have been a shitload of chops. Pretty much. Damn, a shitload of chops. I've seen worse, man. Trust me. 
No, I'm not. I'm not doubting that. Um, then Shane Hollister defeated Jimmy Jacobs with uh, Chuga's last step, which quite a lot of people have said was a very, very good match. And then in your main event, ACH and Davy Richards went to a 30-minute time limit draw. Oh. Yeah, but it kind of builds the fact that ACH could be in pursuit of that proper title. Only problem is, if that happens, do they have to have another tournament like they had to do for Elgin? Uh, I don't think so, but, I mean, there's already a lot of contenders for Elgin's AAW title. I mean, Shane sure. Hollis already defeated Jimmy Jacobs, and that's definitely going to put him up the, the title picture for Elgin. Very true. But by the looks of it, it was probably not uh, a normal style AAW show. Some some names that you would expect on there weren't there, but I'm guessing they are going to probably be there for the April 12th one. Well, there's a good reason why some of them weren't there. I mean, there were a lot of shows. Yeah, there was. Yeah, true. There was a heck of a lot of stuff going on. You know, the reason why Elgin wasn't there is because he was busy over in uh, in California IA for PWG. But we'll get to that, and the uh, wrestling is, insert word here. Seriously, if Quackenbush and whatever create a wrestling is, insert word here, I will go absolutely apeshit nuts. If he, if he listens to this, or if somebody knows... And tells him about this. I and so, uh, even if it got mentioned on some of some of the podcast or the whatever. Oh my god! I this show would have an uptake of four more listeners. <laughs> Seriously, just ah. Oh. But as I get the results for those shows up and ready, uh, Sandra, you've got some. News yourself, and one which I noticed that you did post a couple of days back on the uh, page regarding some Lucha stuff is apparently we got another Lucha star heading to WWE. Uh, yes, but before I get there, let's just start off with some indie news, US news, mind you. Okay. Uh, Giant Gate USA. Uh, apparently, I believe it's the second night for their WrestleCon show, they added a stipulation where apparently the winner of the six-man tag match will get a future title shot at whatever title it is. And this includes the Open the Freedom Gate title, the Open the United Gate tag team titles, and this includes the new Evolve title. Every single belt is up for grabs, yeah. So whoever wins that six-man tag will get a future title shot at whatever belt they want. So that's an interesting stipulation there. Let's see. Uh, let's just start off with some, uh, I guess, international news. Oh, no, excuse me. Actually, there's a couple more news. Um, AIW announced their next iPay-Per-View, and this will take place on June 30th for their Absolution 8 show. And uh, that's good news. And, uh, of course, their iPay-Per-View will be located at www.smvod.com. Uh, Ring of Honor news, uh, they announced a 10-man tag for the Supercard of Honor 7 iPay-Per-View show, 
which will take place next Friday night in right here in New York City. Uh, apparently, it's going to be Team Ring of Honor taking on Scum. Uh, and apparently, Team Ring of Honor consisting of BJ Whitmer, uh, Mark Briscoe, uh, the returning Mike Mondo, and uh, CNC Wrestle Factory, uh, Cedric Alexander. And um, uh, you have to excuse me, uh, I'm drawing a blank here. But uh, they will take on Scum consisting of uh, Jimmy Jacobs. Uh, who else? God damn it. Jimmy Jacobs, Steve Carino, Cliff Compton. Okay, okay it's uh, Rhino, uh, um, Red Titus, Jimmy Rave, and uh, Cliff Compton. So expect that match to be a wild brawl. Yeah. Especially if Rhino's in there. He just oh, yeah. goes crazy over anyway. And now uh, let's just jump in some international news. Um, first, we'll start off with CMLO. Uh, they had a press conference uh, last week, and they announced a pretty big match. Uh, apparently, Atlantis will take on Ultimo Guerrero in a mask versus mask match. However, they did not announce the date for this match. And apparently this is as a result of, due to a AAA making their announcement uh, for their Triple Mania show with uh, Paraguay Jr. taking on Cibernetico in a hair versus hair match. But uh, more than likely, the uh, Atlantis versus Guerrero match will probably happen at their 80th anniversary show in September. So that's a pretty big match already announced in advance. So... What I want to see now is AAA versus CMWO and a stipulation versus Mm. stipulation stipulation match. Because that's what they just seem to be building there. (laughs) Stipulation mania. They're going to have to put that match at their anniversary show because it was already announced that WWE is heading to Mexico in September. So they got to pull out. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Don't go and see Mysterio. Oh no, he yeah, won't he be there anyway because he'll probably be injured. But they got to pull off all the stuff. Uh, I'm pretty sure they will sell out the Arena Mexico just for that match itself. Um, as Ashley just mentioned, uh, there was a some sort of uh, I guess rumor. I guess we could for now we could say rumor because apparently Mascarita Dorada, who is a, a mini wrestler, uh, I guess. For now, is affiliated with AAA, although he hasn't wrestled for the company in a few weeks. Made some statements that apparently he's in the WWE developmental territory, which is now NXT. He made some, yes, mini wrestler. Yes, we're talking Hornswoggle mini. Max Mini is back. Max Mini version two. Everybody can compare <laughs> because he's like that good in the ring, so we can make that comparison. Uh, he made some statements in a, uh, a Lucha magazine in Mexico, uh, mentioning that he had joined WWE. So it's pretty strange. But however, Dave Meltzer made a mention about this rumor, and this is what he said on the recent uh, Observer newsletter. Uh, there is a mini from Mexico in the developmental territory. Perhaps they're looking for a mascot figure 
or trying to get an opponent for Hornswoggle. So I'm not sure what they're planning to use him for, but this is a kind of strange because I don't understand why they're trying to hire Mascarita Dorada. I mean, don't get me wrong. He is good. Free, free words. Saturday oh my God. morning <laughs> slam. It's good. every week for the next two years. The main event is Hornswoggle versus Max wow, Mini. You know now that you just say that, I get kind of happening. Good Lord. It all makes sense. Well, I mean, <laughs> if he is there, I mean, let's see what happens. But I don't see him using on Raw. I mean, unless they're using him for like comedic sketches, which is possible. But we'll see what happens. That's nearly yeah, every pretty much. segment on. I mean, they don't use Hornswoggle, which is a good thing. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll just end up with some Japan news. Uh, apparently, New Japan has already announced their next Super Show, which will be Invasion Attack on April the seventh, which will be, ironically, on WrestleMania uh, morning, pretty much. So, if you want, you could probably... I think this show will most likely be an IP pay-per-view. But uh, I'm not sure if anybody wants to spend more money on that weekend alone. But... Save your money, get it illegally. That's the only (laughs) time I'm going to say that. (laughs) Well, come on. I guess that's true. WrestleMania's gone up. Seriously. You people... I shouldn't say you people. Shit. Um, People... Cannot afford it. I mean, even if we take into account this WrestleCon yeah. stuff, um, fifteen dollars for Dragon Gate, which is two shows, so that's thirty. Fifteen dollars for Evolve, forty-five. Fifteen for Kaiju. Fifteen for Shimmer. Fifteen for Ring of Honor. Um, so th- uh, is that all the indie shows? Evolve. No, fifteen for CCW. Uh, Ring of Honor. Yes. Uh, hang on, Evolve, <laughs> Dragon Gate, Ring of Honor, Kaiju, Shimmer, CZW, um, Chikara isn't, apparently. So that's already, if you don't include WrestleMania, 7 oh, times boy. 15, um, $105. You also got to consider the fact there's also Ring of Honor and, you know, the people that's going to attend these shows. Uh, aside from WrestleMania access and all that stuff, Hall of Fame, I mean, uh, I guess if you have a choice, I guess you could get it yeah. legally, even though we kind of don't condone that. But if that's the case, I guess we could say you could for this show, for New Japan show. Those people who wish to uh, watch WWE via purposes other than pay-per-view, spend your money on yeah. indies. <laughs> See it like that. Yes. If, if you don't want to give him $60 because you're that pissed off that you have to pay that fucking much for something which is probably going to be mostly rubbish. I mean, seriously. Jericho versus Fandango. Wow. We're in consideration there for possibly no, worst match ever. Which is 
harsh because it's Jericho. Well, but it's not harsh because it's Fandango. Sorry, no, it's bloody what is it, well, Johnny that's... Curtis? I will not use the Fandango name again, other than if I want <laughs> tickets to a movie. Well, that's that... Johnny Curtis. Johnny Curtis, if you're listening out there, Johnny Curtis, you're a fucking moron for letting WWE treat you like that for the shit you've been through for the past two and a half, three That's years. That's another topic for another show, but anyway, back to this one. Oh no, because in six months' time, yeah, it'll well, be on I, the I Indies. He'll be, so. be on CZW, beating, being beaten the shit out of <sighs> by Colin Delaney. <clears throat> anyways you thought my career was bad anyways uh the match anyway, is all, yeah. all, already said uh we'll talk about the card for next week's show but uh some of the talent that's involved there's some talent from cmll going to be involved in the show uh aki bono is going to be on the show including the returning bob Sapp once again uh one match that's interesting uh apparently the new nwa world champion ron conway is heading to the show and He's going to take on Satoshi Kojima for that NWA title. So that's somewhat, I guess, good for Ron Conway. He's going to Japan to defend the belt, I guess, because they've been they're trying to build some sort of storyline between New Japan and NWA with NWA invading New Japan. So that's another invasion angle right there in wrestling. Who, who the hell have they got in NWA of any significance I don't to know, lead to an invasion? Two matchsticks? Well, for now, it's Ron Conway, so... Yeah. It'll be an in more interesting story if bloody Kaiju Big Battle invaded New Japan. It'd mean a lot more. Huh. Anyway, it should be an interesting show there. And uh, for now, that's about it for my news. Okay. I'm now intrigued by Max Mini the Second. That's just really. That's got me. Think what Max Mini the Second would be in Kaiju. Oh, he was to the show. That would be really. He'd be called Jack the Giant Slow. Or something. Oh, no. Anyway. Getting back to part. Well, the second part of the results. Starting off with the PWG All-Star Weekend over the Friday and the Saturday last week. Uh, starting off night one, opening match was actually Paul London yeah. defeating Kevin Steen with a shooting star press on Steen's back. Apparently, during the match, Paul London had to make a trip to the restroom. So the crowd went, wash your hands, wash your hands. And then apparently a girl also shouted in the crowd, uh, don't kill him to Steen. Uh, and then Steen said, why don't you want me to kill him? You're biased. It's <laughs> just, oh, hell yeah. Uh, and these results, before I get lambasted by anybody, courtesy of PW Ponderings and uh, live tweeting that they did during the thing, which I was keeping a track of this weekend. It was just, oh, Next match, Silver Young Bucks defeat Fist, Gargano and Taylor via more bang for your buck. See, it was exactly as I proposed, as but just exactly as it normally happens for me. It was completely the other way around. But that's night two stuff. We'll get to that. Uh, Eddie Edwards beat Jay Lethal via the Achilles lock. 
interesting, but apparently Lethal did come out to his Macho Man music. Yep. As Black Machismo. Yep. Ooh, yeah! Oh. Then interestingly, they bumped into each other post-match and recreated the Mega Powers handshake. Hell yes, PWG. Um, then the Inner City Machine Gun, Swan and Ricochet, defeated AR Fox and Samurai Del Sol. Hang on. Shit. I've just realized. That was your semi-finals <laughs> for the Kings of Flight. You just realized it. The Inner City Machine Guns taking on each other and Fox and Samurai Del Sol taking on each other. Hell yes. But uh, Swan and Ricochet won via Ricochet hitting a 6.30 cent on on AR Fox. Which, although they lost, that's a pretty damn good debut match for Fox and Del Sol to be in. Then Roderick Strong defeated Trent, question mark, via an Orange Crush backbreaker. And apparently Trent basically screwed up in his chops. Cue the fans going, you fucked up. Uh, So Strong basically gave him proper chops. (laughs) This time not to the dick. No, I hope there was... Paperclip... Listen to our yeah. review a few weeks back of DDT4. Uh, next match, all the unbreakable fucking machines defeat Future Shock. So Cage and Elgin going over on Cole and O'Reilly with an Elgin bomb on Kyle. So possibly gives them a shot at the... Uh, certainly building their way in order to be considered for a title shot. Then the number one contenders guerrilla warfare match. What? <laughs> Blimey. Um, some of the bits that happened. Apparently, Sammy powerbombed Drake from the ring to the outside for a load of chairs. But that was after a superplex onto the same chairs. Then Callahan stapled Drake's head and stapled a dollar to his cheek. Actually, to, bo- to both of the cheeks on his face. We're not going X-Pack away. Don't worry. Dear Lord. Uh, there, was a, there was a German suplex from Sammy onto Drake into thumbtacks and then actually poured salt. He had salt and Ouch. poured it into the wounds of Drake. Ow. CZW, eat your heart out. Uh, but eventually Drake Younger managed to get the win via Drake's landing on a chair. And then Sammy extended the hand out as to Drake and mouthed, I want a shot when you win tomorrow. And then after the match, Adam Cole obviously did the cheap attack. On, now, uh, before Drake. we go to the results of the next show, if you want to see a preview of this show, you can definitely go to our Facebook page. Uh, I've already posted a trailer uh, from this show, and judging by the footage from it, I really, really want to watch this show because, goddamn, there was some crazy stuff going on throughout the show. Yeah. And apparently the fans were singing along with uh, Ricochet and Rich Swan to Lionel Richie's All Night Long. Yeah, because that's, that's still to come, isn't it? That's still to come. This is night, <laughs> night two is where that comes from, I think. Starting off with Jay Lethal defeating Willie Mack after four consecutive yeah. top rope elbow drops. I'm guessing from each of the four corners, but wow. Then 
Fist, Gagano and Taylor defeated the Rockness Monsters, Good Time and Yuma, via a Hurt's Donut. And Gargano pinned Johnny Yuma to actually get the win. Paul London then defeated Trent Question Mark with a Shooting Star Press. Then, I believe this was... It was supposed to be a tag team and a singles match. But... Super Dragon or Excalibur or some of the creative... Was it Super Dragon? Super Dragon said, after all the matches that happened last night, or the first night, he thought it would take it out on too much of the talent and on the fans, so he decreased it by a match, but instead made a six-man match which saw Elgin, Cage, and Steen so the un... Yeah. Literally the unbreakable fucking well, machines. Well, they were called the unbreakable... Well, the unbreakable fucking Steen machines, but, you know, Kevin Steen's middle name is fucking, so... (laughs) Arguably there you had the ultimate unbreakable fucking machines. It's like Transformers, it's just version, you know, even more super duper. Uh, But then they defeated the team of Rich Swan, AR Fox and Ricochet. I don't know what you call that. (laughs) Inner city, Why inner not? city, foxy machine guns. I don't know. There you go. Use that if you do a six-man tag, guys. <laughs> Which the yeah, Elgin, Cajun, Steen won via an F5 or an F sank into a weapon X into a turnbuckle bomb, which then turned into a package pile driver, and then oh turned into an Elgin bomb on AR Fox. That finish alone I cannot wait by the DVD the people. <laughs> oh, then, yeah, Steen's. Then, interestingly, Steen, after the match, said someone, implying that it was El Generico, texted him, said that he really wished that he was there for the match after it was announced. And, you know, the six man tag, because six man tags are normally pretty crazy in PWG. And that he really misses PWG. Steen says the fans are awesome because they bring it as much as the guys bust their ass at PWG. And then Steen says he hopes Drake's take the belt from Adam Cole and then says Q Lionel Richie. And then all six of them start doing dancing to Lionel Richie. Even Steen. And uh, apparently... Brian Cage also does the robot on a spinner Rooney, and oh Steve does the worm. Can you imagine that image? Oh, that's and that that alone is why you should watch it because it's it's good humoured, but I don't think it's as nonsensical. I really as hope that High Park doesn't be. edit that that footage because they don't allow copyright music. So I hope they somehow let the footage there with the audio. let it slip it's a dvd <laughs> even if you have to put like a dodgy instrumental cover from youtube Something. over the top of it because technically if it's acapella or it's done on youtube because it's a cover it can't be pulled because it's not the original music keep in mind <laughs> next up we uh had TJ Perkins defeat Samurai Del Sol via 450. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised at that. Yeah, holy crap. 
Then Kyle O'Reilly defeated Sammy mm. Callahan via a triangle choke. And interestingly, apparently afterwards, Sammy kissed wow. Kyle on the lips. Now, I don't know whether that's in a kind of, you know, storyline way, or whether that was, that's my last match mm-hmm. for PWG. I have to say. Uh, then the World Tag Team titles... The Young Bucks successfully defended against the Dojo brothers after a more bang for your buck on Eddie Edwards. But the interestingly, before the bell rang, the Young Bucks double super kicked the ring announcer. And then afterwards, um, Nick Jackson gave the referee a 450 splash before he could do a free count Poor on Rick Matt Knight. Jackson. Can't catch a break. So somehow I think there's going to be repercussions from PWG for Young Bucks actions. Young Bucks are going to be put in a pretty bad position. Probably it will be everybody on the roster against the Young Bucks. (laughs) And whoever pins, their, their tag team wins. But it doesn't matter. I don't know. I just see something like that because the young bucks are doing everything backhandedly, which they always did. You know, they did it in mm-hmm. Chicago with the titles. But uh and then finally the world title there was quite a lot of crazy moves and Drake Younger counted some huge moves. Uh, like the Panama Surprise and super kicks wow. to his stapled head. But in the end, thanks to a roll up with the tights, Adam Cole retains. Yeah, a swerve. big swerve. And you, you know what? I was not expecting this to be honest, but I was kind of hoping if this did happen, I was hoping somebody would come out and challenge Cole immediately. And then we might have seen the title change, but that's not the case here. So it's very interesting to see where they're going um, from here. And it seems that maybe Adam isn't leaving as so we thought. Well, just yet. I mean, just yet. Uh, I'm guessing the next show it won't happen until May. So we'll see who will be in the title picture, but. Uh, I think what you said uh, on the night before, I think Elgin could be a contender for Adam Cole. And if that is the case, um, I think Elgin will be a great fit as their world champion. But uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, Last couple of results. As I noticed, we are going long in this segment, but that's because we had a whole lot to cover results-wise. Uh, wrestling is Respect happening last Sunday in Boontown, or Bo- Boonton, sorry, New Jersey. Uh, Mr. Touchdown defeated Javos Cottonbelly with the flea flicker. Vader Scott defeated Tara Calloway via countout. Then, interesting six-man tag here, Baltic Siege. Oh, God, there's another one. Baltic Siege, Estonian Thunderfrog, and the Latvian Proud Oak defeated the Devastation Corporation when... Oh, is that is that the tag team name, Baltic Siege? No, that's the third guy. 
No, I'm so assuming it's a free on two handicap then. No, hang on, no, no, no. I'm just looking here. Yeah, Smashmaster tied was tied up in the ropes, allowing the Thunderfrog to crucifix McMassive for a big Baltic Siege what? win. So Estonian Thunderfrog and Latvian Proud Oak together. I don't know. Are known as Baltic forget, Siege. There is a third guy without a name in Devastation Corporation. Yeah, but I think he, I think he's like Devastation Corporation's third guy know. without a name. I don't know. I'm still thinking it's a six-man tag, but we'll have to wait and see who if the footage comes out. I have to see when it yeah gets released. Uh, Green Ant defeated the Shard via a Cloverleaf submission. Rhett Titus mm. defeating Akuma with Retribution. Rhett Titus. Ah, that's interesting. Nice to see Rhett Titus, actually. That's good. Uh, Grizzly Redwood defeating Oleg the Usurper. That's going to be your favorite match ever. I think it's right. <laughs> even though he's not here, but... No, but oh, uh, yeah. Randy, Randy probably is here. I think last time I saw him, he was doing research on every single Godzilla movie for Kaiju. I don't know where Indian. he is in that progress. I'm not sure. Uh, probably. Uh, Jigsaw defeated Delirious with the shard causing a distraction. So apparently Delirious is a good guy in wrestling his respect or something. I don't know. Yeah, but Jigsaw isn't a good guy. Okay. And then main event, a rematch actually from National Pro Wrestling Day, isn't it? Drew Gulak defeating Biff Busick. Apparently he isn't even called Frank. Or Francis O'Rourke anymore. He's now called Biff Music. Possibly. We'll have to wait and see until it get, the stuff gets released. And then finally, left till last mainly because it pertains to the music that we've got coming up. The Wrestling is Fun show. Which, I can't remember what it was uh, entitled. There was no entitled, to be honest. So, just Wrestling is Fun. Okay. Just a random Wrestling is Fun show. Starting off with uh, Lance Steele defeating Stigma via a Boston Crab after a distraction from Jolly Roger. Then interesting, Jolly Roger tried to appeal to Stigma after the match, but Stigma wasn't interested. Which, if you look behind the curtain, kind of isn't a surprise. Possibly, at least according to Sandra. Then Kimberly wins via DQ after Saturine gets caught with the hammer. That Kimberly snuck into the ring. So basically, that's that's like a reverse Eddie Guerrero. It's the heel, yeah. <laughs> the heel wins. Yeah. Um, Juan Francisco de Coronado with Manservant defeated Jolly Roger after a countout, actually a countout win. After Manservant threw Jolly Roger into the ring post. And then, pretty much straight after that, Amasis turns up. Oh, shit. Amasis. Yay. Uh, And actually defeated Juan Francisco in a match that they did straight after. (laughs) Now I have to watch this. uh, I guess he he wasn't dead to scare Ophidian, so I guess he had to beat up. 
Every match I want to see it, Dad. Um, then uh, Kobold and Kodama defeated Estonian Thunderfrog and Latvian Proudog, Baltic Siege, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. After Kodama whacked the Thunderfrog with Ophidian's crutch. Why didn't Thunderfrog have his, have his um, hammer? See, they should always leave the hammer there. Anyway. Uh, Yaka trapped Hallowicked in the African Stranglehold to get a win, submission win there. Interesting one there, certainly. Uh, Oleg the Usurper defeated Dasher Hatfield thanks to a distraction from Sydney Bocabella. So is Oleg the Usurper now under the control well, of Sydney? I don't know. Oh. Closed circuit television will never be the same again. Then Devastation Corporation defeated Green Ant and Gervais Cottonbelly after Fire Ant was actually taken out by the corporation earlier via uh, a death blow on Gervais. So I don't know. I don't know. Is that a free? It might be free on two. I don't know. But then the main event, the banana, banana is on the line. And. As I as I think we saw coming with the fact that the Lions Cup suddenly got ditched, a sailant defeated Mr. Touchdown with the get to sugar, or get get the, get the sugar. Sorry, the GGS followed by the Shikara Special Blue submission win. So uh, you have a new holder of the banana. Potassium oh, goodness yeah. <laughs> is heading his way. And they are going to be having another show actually Sunday afternoon, April the 28th. So if you're in the Allentown, Pennsylvania area, uh, it's only $10 Ooh. and kids get in for free. Yeah, it's always good. It's always good stuff for free, especially if it's kids. Especially because the kids do get very involved. If you look at some of the wrestling shows... There are quite a lot of kids about trying to get involved in the faces of them. I still remember the fact that some sort, some kid managed to pin one of the. It was on the show that was in December, wasn't it? One of the kids in the crowd pinned the wrestler, oh, and the referee counted that. it. Then the referee pinned him, and he counted it. And then the actual thing happened, and he counted it, and he actually lost. I think it was Ultramantis Black. Ultramantis Black was in the oh, match with somebody. <laughs> those of you, that, those of you that can go back, roll back to the shows like early, late December, early January. Well, I guess I, we'll I'm have, sure to, I uh, have to go touch the archive for that one. Yeah. So yeah, you go. That's all the results that we're covering for now. Later on in our final segment. As well as touching on AIW's event happening this weekend, we're also going to review last week's uh, Shine 8 show, mm-hmm. which is the last result that we need to cover. But up next, uh-huh. after this segment has gone on for too long, <laughs> it's time for something that's going to hurt everybody's heads, especially Randy, because it, it, 
if he has made it back from his uh, research thing from Godzilla, I'm not even going to answer him. Uh, I hope he, I hope he can explain some of the things that happen in it. Some, you know, some of the techniques used in the Godzilla films that are incorporated into Kaiju Big Battle. Anyway, yeah, the Kaiju Big Battle talk goes down next. We're going to take a quick break. We will see you in a few minutes for more The Whole Indie Show. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time! Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. What's up, guys and gals? This is Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll catch us doing... Video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at SNSRadioNetwork.com. Come check us out. The following is a public service announcement from Wrestling News Live. Reasons not to marry a porn star. Did you hear the news that uh, Tito Ortiz was arrested for domestically abusing his... uh, his girlfriend, Jenna Jameson? No, he probably tried to fuck her. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway, and he just said, What the fuck? Where have you been? Slap! <laughs> <laughs> and 
That reminds me of the quote from Triple H a couple years back when he said, you know, even a 747 looks uh, small flying in the Grand Canyon. I mean, how can you, in all honesty, be a person not in the porn industry married to a porn star and be okay with it? <laughs> you know what? I'd have a serious problem with that. I mean, let's say she's got an early shoot. She gets up, she washes her pussy and goes to work. <laughs> then you wake up. And while you're eating pancakes, she's fucking somebody else. While you walk to the mailbox to get the mail, she's fucking somebody else. When you come inside and turn on the TV and have a cup of tea, she's fucking somebody else. Then she's having lunch while you're taking a nap in your lazy boy. She comes back from lunch and punches in and starts fucking somebody else. <laughs> then she comes home. You tell the bitch that you want dinner. She makes you something in the microwave and goes to bed. And you're jacking off because she spent all day fucking somebody else. <laughs> you're having tea. She's getting tea bagged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this show. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks at Wrestling News Live. And welcome back to this middle segment, second part, whatever you want to call it, of the whole indie show with Ashley and Sandro. And now it's time to work out what the hell is up with Kaiju Big Battle. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Quite a lot of this is going to be taken from Wiki. There's also some interesting stat, well, alleged facts from Kaiju's Twitter that is going to be put out here. Some crazy stuff, but anyway. Probably Sandra will be laughing more because he's not the one that's reading it. Oh, my. Um, for those of you that are properly uninitiated, like me, um, <laughs> Kaiju Big Battle actually is... Uh, performance of sorts by a Boston Massachusetts based performance group that's called Studio Kaiju created by I guess two brothers Rand and David Borden and their performances are parodies of wrestling and the Tokusatsu Kaiju movies of Japan basically like Godzilla like Gamera like Cloverfield like Pacific Rim. Hell, in Pacific Rim, they're actually called Kaiju. And no, I know that it film isn't out yet, but it's referenced in all the trailers and the footage. They're actually called Kaiju, so there you go. Plus, it's got GLaDOS. But these battles are then present- presented in the style of professional wrestling events, with the costumed performers playing the role of giant cr- city-crushing monsters in makeshift cities. Apparently, but if you do look at it, battle is spelled E-L at the end. Apparently, this is actually intentional. Originally, Rand misspelled it on a t-shirt design. People thought it was funny, so it stuck. But there's quite a lot of digs at Mexican wrestling, Japanese popular culture, superhero comic books, and 
there's quite a lot of mock Spanish, mock Japanese names, and English. English? English. If I can be racial for a minute. Uh, uh, so, Studio Kaiju actually began as a video project by students at the School of Museum for Fine Arts in Boston. The first character that was actually created was called Midori no Kaiju, which stands for Big Green Monster. <laughs> <laughs> We're being real technical here, people. Uh, while the project never came to fruition, another student suggested that more characters could be crea- created to fight this big green monster at live competitions or big battles. The first one occurred on Halloween night in 1996 at the Revolving Museum in Boston and featured the aforementioned Midori no Kaju, as well as Atomic Cannon, Power Rangeru. Ooh, I wonder what that's a rip-off of. Force Trooper Robo, Taro the Malfuji on commentary, and the construction work of Anthony Salbino. The first full-scale event, though, was held in March 97, so they're actually... It's their 16th anniversary of sorts this past month. Uh, their first, their first full-scale event, anyway, was at the uh, School of the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. And the earliest performance in other cities included matches with other troops of costume wrestlers at venues such as Fort Thunder in Providence, Rhode Island. Now, Kaiju Big Battle, basically, the whole concept of it is that it's a modern conflict that involves extremely big creatures, (laughs) which constantly threaten to destroy the Earth every time that they fight. A special committee called the Kaiju Regulatory Commission, the KRC, was... Thank God it wasn't called the KSC. Um... (laughs) was formed to figure out how to end the danger that these creatures were causing and as well as find a way to use their destructive capabilities and tendencies for constructive purposes. They've therefore appointed a commissioner to oversee the project and help control the creatures. So the commissioner thought up the idea of having sanctioned battles where the creatures could release their anger against one another and that way the human race would be safe to view the battles while also being kept out of harm's way. Hence the tagline of Kaiju, Monsters are real, danger can happen. Uh, to give you a detail about some of the people, we will mention it here as well, but there is a video which is going to be on, uh, is on the um, Whole Indie Show Facebook page. Actually from ESPN. Yes, even ESPN covered Kaiju Big Battle. I couldn't believe when I actually... Sam stated it with a straight face. Yes. I... Somehow. I couldn't believe they actually did a cover story on this. This was... Uh, very hilarious, although the footage is uh, about two or three years old, but nonetheless, it's still very interesting to know the fact that we ESPN, the biggest known sports uh, yeah. media coverage in the States and, and worldwide as well. Covered Kaiju. Yeah. It, it's just mind-boggling, to be honest. But, yeah, it's... We were going to have a clip from it, but basically because there's so much music in the background, and also there are certain points where the kaiju talk, and because I don't want to dub them with my dodgy voice, I'll just let the video speak for itself, because, wow, (laughs) the video is crazy as well. So let's get into it. We're going to go through a list of all the heroes first, because they're basically branded into heroes and villains, kind of like how Shikara is Rudos and Technicos. The bad and the good. 
in case you're not initiated with those names. We have to do it with Shikara now. God damn it. Anyway, the heroes. First one, actually, because they're going pretty much in alphabetical order here, is American Beetle, who, as it turns out, is the Kaiju Grand Champion. Uh, he's a jingoistic, patriotic giant insect that was raised by a single mother. Who may be the son of Uchu Chu. Hang on. Yeah. Let's see if we can find. Okay, Uchu Chu apparently is the leader of Team Space Bug, which consists that this group isn't good, isn't bad. They're just space bugs. They hate the heroes, but they hate the the baddies led by Doctor Cube even more. But those all names we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, Uchu Chu apparently is the leader of Team Spacebug, a kaiju from the planet Zertoid, and loves to get drunk on royal jelly. Uh rumor has it that he actually may secretly be American Beetle's father, but he denies it. Uh he also suffered a humiliating defeat at the More Better Fighto show, losing to Call Me Kevin. Okay, this is really getting complicated. Call Me Kevin uh, was hurled from his home planet by an explosion and lost his memory during the centuries it took him to arrive on Earth and as uh, and that match against the aforementioned Uchu Chu is the only match that he has won ever since he arrived for the first time in 2002. One video which actually is on YouTube, which I think we'll try and put on the Facebook page again as well, he actually lost to Loud and Noxious, the announcer, who most people know as Gavin Loudspeaker from Chicago and all that. Which is intriguing, because obviously Loudon isn't a wrestler. No. But still managed to beat The most intriguing thing about that night, though, is to replace Loud and Noxious was Joel Gertner. Wow. Yeah. But... That, yeah. that same Joel Gertner, you know, from ECW. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. He joined the... Uh, apparently, he Call Me Kevin joined the Sea Amigos and was taken under the wing or tentacle <laughs> or tentacle of uh, Uni Buzo or Uni Bozu, I don't know. Despite having one of the worst losing records in all of Kaiju, he was actually once the grand champion. What? That must have been when he... If he was grand champion, he must have been grand champion by beating Uchu Chu. That's the only way. That's the only match he's won. Anyway, since losing the belt, he was actually kicked out of the Sea Amigos and is now uh, going on his own. Going back to uh, American Beetle, as I try and reel it back in, uh, he has a bug-like face and mostly red body and wears shorts with the American flag on them. And as I say, he's the current... Kaiju Grand Champion has held it since 2011. Plus, he, he also comes out to the A-Team theme. Yeah. he proper, Normally, he comes out to the A-Team theme. National Pro Wrestling Day, he came out to dodgy chip-tune version of the uh, Star Spangled Banner. Yes. Uh, then we've another, another one of the heroes is Atomic Trooper Robo who was a teenage BMX star that was given a robotic body after a terrible accident. Wow. Dusto Bunny, who is an incredibly wise but fun-loving Dust Bunny sage. 
I'm, am I right? A dust bunny is basically a feather duster. Mm. I don't know. Hang on. I'm having to look up dust bunny. Because I don't know whether it exists. Yeah, basic... Oh, right. A dust bunny is a c- small clump of dust that forms under furniture in corners that are not cleaned regularly. That is how he was formed, apparently. And he actually joined Super Wrong as a dancing member of the Yusuka Jump Squadron, which we'll get to. Uh, Force Trooper Robo is a motorcycle courier that was given a robotic body after a terrible accident and is one of the four original Kaiju Big Battlers from the Halloween show. Oh, that's interesting. And then, oh my word. Next up is French Toast. Yeah. Or as he's also referred to, the Awful Waffle. Yeah, basically, this is described as 2,000 tons of rage and a raspberry beret unleashed upon the world by France's top chefs. Despite the fact that he's universally hated, except in France, he is actually a hero. And once he has a, and once he enters, he the, is the la resistance of Kaiju Big Battle. And once he tries to get to the ring, he actually needs help because he can't literally get in the ring. To do the yeah, race. you can't really slide in that easy with a, a big slice of toast. Yeah. Uh, then we got Metal Wing Black, formerly known as Hero Interno Eight, and graduated and re-emerged as Metal Wing Black <clears throat> under his new name in '09, and wields the guitar of legend Yero. Batalica, 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 I guess. Which kind of harkens back to a brilliant PS2 game. I can't remember what it was called. Mm. Oh, that's annoying me. Somebody's going to tell me now in the ch- in the bloody email it in. Oh, there's a bloody... I've got the game as well and I can't remember it. But it's where the, you basically play a guitar. It, it's not Guitar Hero. But it's okay. you play a guitar and you basically it's very kaiju style. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head though. It's got some weird things. Oh, uh, you'll figure it out later. Yeah, I'll eventually remember it. <laughs> it's a, it's it's some game that probably wouldn't have got released over here had it not been for so much interest in Japanese games. Like I'm currently addicted to the Katamari game. But anyway, that's gaming. Um, <laughs> Neo Tepen, who, Dave, who was also on the uh, National Pro Wrestling Day show, alongside American Beetle. Uh, and he's an astronaut given superpowers by a mysterious substance from Mars. Was it Snickers? I don't know. Uh, Pararonjuru, another one of the original four, who is a young girl who vowed to fight evil after causing the death of her brother. What did she do? Seriously. Oh, my word. Next up, we've got Robox. Oh, God. A low-budget government project to build a giant evil-fighting robot out of cardboard boxes. Created by Dr. Nikolai Orokov of RoboDynamics using recycled parts. Apparently, its finishing and signature moves are the reverse defragmenter, which is a front-frip rolling senton, and the whirlwind whip, which is spinning with the arms out until striking a foe. And in Robox's debut match, beat Kung Fu Chicken Noodle. Who is Kung Fu Chicken Noodle, you ask? Well, if you remember back to when we talked about this the first time, you already know, but just in case you haven't. Kung Fu Chicken Noodle is a Cantonese 
restaurant shop worker who gains superpowers and apparently an armoured soup can that he wears over his body after falling into a vat of chicken noodle soup in a failed suicide attempt. Due to both his ability inside the ring, including the feared five-fingered chowder fist, take that, John Cena, and the fact that he's also killed at least two kaiju. He's killed two of them, wow. He's considered one of the most dangerous on Earth. He's been known to actually side with both the heroes and the baddies, the the posse of Dr. Cube, but rarely with Team Spacebug. I guess he doesn't like Spacebugs, I don't know. He's also known as Soup. Uh, first appeared at the Rumble at the Alley in June 97. And at the Save the Kaiju event, it was announced that he is now a member of the Heroes. So he kind of switches between the two. Between anyway, back to, yeah, back to some of the other, some of the other heroes. Slow Fang, a Swedish fighter who at first fought for only fame, but now is, uh, he has also murdered two monsters in battle. Beefy Locks and Multimoog. Wow. We'll get to the dead people later on. Because <clears throat> there's quite a few dead people, apparently. And I thought Mr. Touchdown was the deadly assassin in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Next up, the steam-powered tentacle boulder. He's only been around since... Own, well, only been around since uh, 07. When he was introduced by Loudon at a press conference. But as as of 09, remains undefeated. That shows you how much this has been updated. <laughs> uh, he's one of the newest heroes, but also the unofficial protector of Colorado. Unofficial protector of Colorado? He's exactly what his name says he is. He's a tentacle boulder that is powered by steam. Actually, his debut match was at the G4 TV pilot. So, yes, apparently, Kaiju... Could have been on G4. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I do remember that they did have a TV show on G4, but it was on like around, uh, I think like 8.30 in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning. 15, 15, you know, 15 minutes past 4 in the morning when nobody's awake. Oh, no. <clears throat> oh. I tried to watch it, but I just couldn't get up. You see, the reason why the reason Kaiju Big Battle was never picked up is the reason why G4 failed. Little known fact there, people. Uh, his debut match was actually interrupted by G, the space pirate, who was crashing the inaugural ceremonies and thus didn't have the chance to be seen by the public. Uh, his first appearance was number 10 at the Hot 10 and 10 countdown on Loudon's Kaiju 360 web show. Uh, then you also got Sunbuster, the original hero intern, turned solar Nintendo hero. With previous murmurs of steroid abuse behind him and a solid record, Sunbuster has become a pillar of the hero community. John Cena? Oh, wait. Um, sorry, I just saw steroids and I just thought... Anyway. There, now we've got Super Wrong. Uh, the disco dancing time traveling hero known for his flamboyant ring entrance and horrible win loss record. Leader of the splinter hero group known as the Yoko Suka Jump Squadron and is often accompanied by or carrying a yellow wig wearing pink stuffed teddy bear named Jeremiah the Pink Teddy Bear. 
Interestingly, on Kaiju.com, it did say that he died of food poisoning, although he may not really be dead. I don't know whether he's debuted since then, because I think this this Wikipedia has been updated about four times in the past ten years. Um, Tad Bradley, Hawaiian paddler, who is a surfer, slash martial artist, slash chicken. From Hawaii, he won a 50-state hero invitation and defeated the Space Pirate during his debut match in 06. Then you got the, the Jump Squadron there, Biker Gang, Super Wrong, led by Super Wrong after he quit the Kaiju Heroes. The 3-2-1 dancers also are a part of them, along with Super Wrong, Dusto Bunny, and the Teddy Bear. Uh, Dusto Bunny was forced to quit them after losing to Super Wrong and his new faction. However, during the time slip incident involving SDS-1 at the G4 TV pilot... Oh, wow, we're bringing in time travel into it now. That's always handy. After Dusto Bunny defeated the Jump Squadron, he rejoined them, and then they... Re- then, the, because of that, the Jump Squadron became the heroes again. So that's all your heroes that are listed, at least on Wiki. Now we come to Dr. Q's posse, the baddies. Dr. Cube apparently is a forgotten Nazi experiment termed plastic surgeon who was disfigured in a self-inflicted surgical accident. Therefore, as a result, he actually wears a mask, which is a white cube with irritated features. Apparently, the doctor dies through having a trophy impaled through his body. I'm guessing that must be in the past or the future. I don't know. But the thing is, if you do see... Um, any match with Dr. Cube where his head does fall off, there is a pretty damn good mask on whoever is playing Dr. Cube. Mm Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like Leatherface style, but it isn't. It's very good, I'll say that. Then we've got uh, Dr. Cube's posse, we've got Dino Kang Jr., a lazy clone of Dino Kang's dead mother that was created by Dr. Cube. Quite a lot of these people in Cube's posse have been created by Cube, gets along and often seen doing commentary with both the referee and Loud and Noxious. Apparently he lost an arm to Sky Deviler years ago and once sported a Robox-like prosthetic one, but the arm has since grown back. Gomi Man, a toxic pile of fat fighting trash from Jersey City. What makes me think he could appear <laughs> at... The WrestleCon show in Jersey. It would make sense. Gomi is notorious for dousing his enemies as well as innocent bystanders with toxic sludge as an act of vandalism. Oh, he's definitely going to be at WrestleCon. <laughs> oh. Then we got the Grudian, which was a creature conducted by Cube from a combination of gorilla and anglerfish DNA. Wow. Teaming with Hellmonkey, they actually became the apes of wrath. Oh, I like that. That's a good name. Speaking of Hell Monkey, he is a one-eyed demon monkey who hunts the Plantain Twins due to their resemblance to bananas. We'll get to them later because there's an interesting backstory to the Plantain Twins. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hell Monkey won a fight actually against the Grudian back in the day in a battle over the team name. <clears throat> they decided to keep the name Apes of Wrath and then made up Hell Monkey is now, I believe, miss. You know, he's MIA. He might have been seen since, but according to Wiki, he hasn't. That's probably wrong. 
Oh, you got M- Maru Tambo, a one-armed fighting tree. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Then you've got minions, various, you know, people that are just masked. Some say that they're in the millions, while the Kaiju Commissioner feels that's a conservative guess. There's quite a lot, because if you saw the posse that Dr. Cube had back at National Pro Wrestling Day, he had quite a few minions, and then Super Minion 1 and 2, which I believe are now dead. Unofficially or something, I don't know. Then you got Craw, out of shape Super Minion, who appears to have a freakishly deformed left arm and a hand resembling a lobster claw. Okay, um, Nepalian, the largest of all the kaiju monsters and one of the four females that battles in kaiju. Her saliva acts as a powerful sleep agent as she is part poppy. So technically her saliva is heroin? Maybe. You bet, you better not live near anybody like X-Pac or Sabu near him. Sorry, her. <clears throat> then you got Shroomatango, who's an evil fungus. Uh, Tukor uh, is yet to win a match on his own, but captured the double danger tandem championship with the Grudian, forming the team known as the Furious Furries. Which I believe. Do they still hold it to the. the, the no, they'd lost it. Okay, apparently the, the Yukasuka Jump Squadron have been tag team champions since 09. And, okay, that's probably a title that will never be won, so that, we'll just ignore that. Anyway. We've also got uh, Hack and Slash, which are some of his royal minions, Dr. Cube. And Monster Kingo is a behemoth with large jawed Spartan helmet. That's all we know about him. Monga Kingo. Anyway. Uh, team Spacebug, other than Uchuchu, we got Yasiminko, Uchuchu's old college body, who has four arms. Little, okay. Moon One, the Tie Fly, who is a female bug that isn't actually from space, but spits digestive juices at her enemies. Nice. Mother of the Swarm. No, not the Swarm from Shikara. Uh, the swarm of sons and daughters of Uchu Chu, and possibly American Beetle, who use taser spears called sting sticks to attack their enemies. Ah! They're like Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. I like it. Uh, Motonaru. A failed Soviet experiment involving fine fire ants sent to the planet Mercury. And apparently he's the quote-unquote big guy of Team Spacebug. Daihachi Hachi, who's a rookie bee human hybrid from outer space. But he's apparently suspicious, so I guess he could be undercover. I don't know. Well, there's a reason why he's a bit suspicious, because if you've seen uh, any of the videos involving Daihachi Hachi, he's... Um, I'm going to put this. Let's say he, he wants to hump people. Oh my god, he's like Fandanga. Sorry, Johnny Curtis. Even to the point that he tried to help uh, Loud Obnoxious at one show. Oh my word. Somebody castrate that thing. Oh! So then we ne- finally we got, for the Team Spacebug, Super Dimensional Slug 1 or SDS 1, 
as we mentioned earlier. He's a giant slug that was designed as a Nazi weapon who time-travelled forward to the present day and fell under Dr. Cube's control. I'm guessing that was the time slip. Possibly. And was claimed by Uchu's Chew sometime after the show, a show that they had the Tinsel Town Showdown in 2007. Now, then you've got the rogues, who are people that are basically themselves. They're not heroes, they're not villains, they're not space bugs. They're just them. So you've got Baby Sky Deviler, the spawn of the egg dropped by Sky Deviler in the Battle of the Scottish... Hi- Battle of the Scottish Highland? Oh. Scottish people are going to be pissed at us now. Got Dr. Cube raised him in his incubator. See what they did there? See what they did? However, he was taken by the rogue's Kung Fu Chicken Noodle after his first time in the ring. Prophecy states that the baby Sky Deviler will one day become the greatest kaiju fighter of all time. And apparently the reason why we haven't seen Kung Fu uh, Chicken Kung Fu Soup or whatever, I can't remember. Kung Fu Chicken Noodle. He's taken a hiatus from battle to raise baby Sky Deviler. And hatched in 2006. Will he debut in 2013? Because according to some of the tweets... Um... Let me have a quick look at the tweets. Iron, yeah, Iron Brother Fist has vowed revenge on Kung Fu Chicken Noodle for the show next week. I don't know why, he just has. Anyway. Uh, Uni Buzu gains superpowers and turned into a giant sea urchin after being beaten by an atomic, yeah, turned into a giant sea urchin after beaten by an atomic sea urchin. Who is incredibly strong and incredibly stupid. That's always a good feature. Uh, DW, Cy- DW Cyclopus the third was a sea monster with few friends and many enemies. One of the members of the unofficial Sea Amigos. Uh, and actually, he and Hellmonkey became the first ever Kaiju Big Battle Tag Champs. It's worth noting. Call Me Kevin has got his own bloody fe- Wikipedia page. Wow. Call me, call me. Kevin has got his own page. Okay, it's only about you know. It's only about two faces spaces long, but apparently his finisher move is a diving back elbow drop, which he calls the deep sea dive. I fe- I think a couple of these did appear. Did, I think we mentioned it before. They did appear on one of the King of Trios, didn't they? Yeah. Anyway, okay. Oh, wow. I'm going to leave them till later. Uh, Vegetius, a giant bird turtle creature from a South Pacific island. Okay. Then the space pirate. Um, yeah, an alien vader who joined the kaiju big battle to steal the essence of kaiju. Apparently, Guy appears to be an opportunist, joining any team that has the chance to offer him the right amount of money. And lost to the Hawaiian Paddler guy at some point. I don't know what when that was. Uh, the Iron Brothers, composed of Brother Claw, Brother Fist and Brother Mace, each distinguishable by their weapon appendage and their mercenaries for hire to the rest of the Kaiju Battlers. Only one remains, which is, uh, as you can tell, from, Iron, from that Iron Brother Fist is the only one that uh, still is around. 
And then we come to the plantains. <laughs> which is going to dra- start to drag us into dead people. Which is a bit sad, but anyway. Um, what it was, there were two two brothers. Pedro Plantain and Pablo Plantain. They were, as a tag team, called Los Plantain... Platanos, isn't it? Los Platanos. Los Platanos. Uh, they hold the Golden Banana Award for Tag Team Excellence, but Pedro's world was crushed by the knife of Silver Potato because Silver Potato assassinated his brother, Pablo. St- you know, stabbed, murdered, ending their dominating times a team. Pedro remained hero for a time, venting his anger towards the kaiju enemies, but eventually cracked and lost his status as a kaiju hero and is now considered to have gone rogue. However, at the event in 2010, Pedro went into a cage to fight Brother Fist because he refuses to continue paying the Iron Brothers to work for him. But when the match got dangerous with all the brothers fighting Pedro alone, out of nowhere an odd new and unknown plantain, apparently called Paco, teamed up with Pedro to defeat the Iron Brothers using all the classic moves that Pedro did with Pablo. The relation that Paco has apparently is unknown. Relating to that, however, though, are the CIA plantains, which were imposters created by the CIA, yes, that CIA, to ruin the good name of the Los Platanos and keep the sock puppet dictator's government in the sock puppet dictator's government in power. <laughs> they precede the actual Los Platanos tenure in Kaiju because they actually first appeared in 96. They were one of the earlier ones. They weren't the, one of the first ones, but... Oh. Can I say something? I actually want to read their bio that's on their website. <laughs> I, want to... I don't even want to touch that because that's scaring me. I, I'm going I'm to read it in Spanish. And I'm going to translate some of the words. So here it is. El orden social es un pequeño burgo de drogas celebración. Burros por todos, Manuel Trabajadores. Los lobos grandes, gusto, revolución. El sock puppet dictator son las muertos en el día con mucho sangre. Basically, what it's trying to say, the social order is a Small drug celebration. Donkeys all day. Uh, manual workers. The big wolf likes the revolution. The sock puppet dictator are the dead within the day with a lot of blood. So, yeah, that pretty much tells it right there. Already this makes more sense than Aces and Eights. Congratulations, Kaiju. <laughs> but now we get to the human people. So first we've got the Commissioner, which if you remember we talked about on the first time we mentioned. The overseer of all the Kaiju big battles, but apparently he died one April from eating too much chocolate as a bad diet <laughs> ch- choice, resulting in heart attack. You see, the Commissioner should have been on DDP yoga. Come on. Uh, Loud and Noxious, who the, the announcer and the commissioner's nephew, 
Uh, Loudon was basically forced to substitute for Super Wrong and actually won his first fight against Call Me Kevin, previously mentioned, with a top rope diving headbutt. In 2008, he actually became the ring announcer and sometime commentator for Shikara as Gavin Loudspeaker. In addition to his Kaiju Big Battle duties, but he started in 2001, so technically, Loudon, Gavin, whatever you want to call him, has been going for nearly 12 years. Good on Mr. Gavin, slash Loudon, slash somebody. You've got Beave Wallace, the Beave, who is Loudon's sidekick and co-commentator, who is a geek and is wearing a fez and thick grim glasses. Actually, he looks like Carl Pilkington. Paperclip Carl Pilkington, people. That's all I'm going to say. Google him. Jimmy Sprinkles, who's Kaiju's number one superfan, who was brutally assaulted by the Sea Amigos after attempting to join them by singing Stay, I Missed You by Lisa Loeb five years ago. Okay. Then you got the referees, Jingle and Nikuman. Jingle is the senior referee and is currently on the run after being accused of murdering the commissioner. And the junior referee, Nickerman, has been injured helping power Rancheru from a zombie plantain assault. Oh, now there's zombie plantains! And after being attacked by Vegetus as well, but also continues to come back despite everything. Then Andy Salbino, who is the construction worker for cre- responsible for creating the building scene in a Phyto cityscape and reconstructing them after the battle. And aided by other Salbino. He better not be related to Derek Sabato. Damn it. Um, Anna, Dr- Anna Dramina, who is a princess from outer space who only fights when attacked. And actually, her boyfriend is Silver Potato. But her relationship with him is uncertain ever since he betrayed the kaiju heroes. She hasn't been seen in kaiju for several years, and it's implied on the kaiju website that she is dead. That's nice. Uh, there's the the Kaiju Regulatory Commission, which is Kaiju Big Battle's answer to the United Nations. Apparently, they meet in a big building as well. I don't know. They uncovered the threat of the monster battles on Earth and have banded together to keep Earth safe from evil. And then we get to the three real wrestlers. First up, as we mentioned, I think, last time, Chris Hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cassius Ono, whatever you want to call him now. Yeah, he was ejected from the New York Blackout show after trying to choke out Loud and Noxious, and then returned during the Robox Robolimation Rumble to attack the Hawaiian Paddler and Dusto Bunny. And then in August 08, teamed up with Dr. Cube at the Brooklyn Barbecue Battle against the American Beetle and Hero in turn 08. Second one we'll bring up is Kota Ibushi. Oh, yeah. He's been involved in some uh, kaiju action. Uh, no description given here, but I'm going to have a quick look, see if there's anything vaguely mentioning what he did in uh, kaiju on his own page. Well, ba- well, I did see that footage, and basically what happened, um, I believe he was invited uh, to Kaiju Big Battle by, I think it was Dr. Cube, to basically fight, and... Uh, loud and obnoxious got wind of this and basically tried to prevent him to show up in the promotion because he was warning him that he, you know you don't want to show up you have to fight these big monsters and Kotobushi didn't care he would he would take the challenge regardless and there's a video 
where Kota Ibushi is, uh, I guess, writing a letter to somebody, and this pretty much leads to, I'm assuming, a, a dream sequence, I guess, because then we're later in a scene where he's apparently in Dr. Cube's uh, headquarters, and then uh, Dr. Cube sees this, and he sends his minions to attack Kota Ibushi, and Kota Ibushi fights all the monsters in, inside a cage. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, Muninori Sawa, who's actually made quite a few appearances, and in another link that's on our Facebook page, he was actually in a video that got posted up, I think, a month or two ago, randomly fighting free kaiju on the streets of New York. Yeah, I actually saw that as well, and that's pretty hilarious. He was fighting some three monsters in the streets of Brooklyn, which I'm pretty sure was in Williamsburg, and it's pretty hilarious. But yeah, so there are real people involved, and by the looks of it, considering you're in Jersey area, I think Sawa could make the trip over. Well, he's actually... Because if you look, if you look at everything that Sawa's done in America... It's always been New York based. Well, I think he's retired, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you can come out of retirement for one fight. Oh, you're good. Come on, the heroes <laughs> need him. Um, then the graveyard, um, you got Astro Turfo, Turu, who's, who's dead, Atomic Cannon, who may not be dead, but is one of the original four kaiju battlers. Beefy Locks, a red horn bull that was killed by Slow Fang in the KIT tournament. Um, Club Sandwich, a melee weapon-wielding deca- delicatessen staple of vigilante justice, brutally killed in cold mayo by Kung Fu Chicken Noodle, who pierced his mortal bread with an oversized toothpick. Wow. <laughs> Dino Kang, who actually featured in the the video for ESPN. His DNA was used to create Dino Kang Jr., thus making Dino Kang the mother of Dino Kang Jr. Hey, Yeah, Dino Kang was... Do- yeah, Dr. Cube's late prize fighter, the mother of... Dino Kang died from asbestos poisoning. <laughs> okay. Um, Ergonon. Named for the ear on it. Oh, Ergonon. Okay. Named for the ear on his back was killed by laser fire from Shadow Trooper Robo when he went berserk. Apparently, she was on a leave of absence from monster wrestling at the time of her death. Shadow Trooper Robo was convicted of and responsible for her murder and died in prison. (laughs) So Shadow Trooper Robo is dead as well. Shadow Robo Trooper. Rebellious teen gone even more rebellious trooper. Yeah, killed during a cafeteria food fight at the Robo Penitentiary while serving a life sentence. (laughs) Goldenrod, one of the first kaiju females and worked for the heroes, was similar to a bounty hunter and detested all city-crushing monsters. Occasionally used a huge gun blasting opponents, which are pollen-like sleezing powder, but met her end at the teeth of Sky Deviler. In a karaoke contest gone awry. In Uchu Center Kabuchiko. So actually in Japan. I don't know. They like it over there as well. 
Oh, crap. Now the aforementioned very first monster, Midori no Kaiju, Big Green Monster, uh, was a towering green lizard and the first great champion ever since the conception. Also one of Dr. Cube's greatest fighters. He came from Mars on search to find more cities to devastate after he turned all of Mars into a graveyard. While on Earth, he eventually allied with Dr. Cube. They were not best of friends and did fight sometimes, but the quarrels didn't stop them being teammates. His career and life, however, ended at the Shogun Showdown when Kung Fu Chicken Noodle mutilated him with his infamous meat cleaver. His corpse later rendered into millions of his meat. Okay. Mephora, who is a monster made out of pipes and looks like a muffler, hence the name. And apparently he's dead. Doesn't say no. Doesn't say how. Multimoog, killed by Slow Fang, who ripped his heart from his chest. Indiana Jones, anyone? Polo Kato, a large fighting cat skunk, who is now believed to be dead. Pablo Plantain, we already said about. Sentai Jin, an astrophysicist given a robotic body after a freak meteor shower, who died later when his laboratory exploded. Wow. Okay, Silver Potato. Yeah, he was a human given superpowers in a freak accident. And, as previously mentioned, killed Pablo Pantane and turned traitor by attacking the kaiju heroes. But then, utilizing a comedically huge bag of money and the Iron Bros, Pedro Pantane had Potato captured and fed him to his now ravenous zombified brother. So Silver Potato basically got killed by the person he killed. Kind of ironic. And then Sky Deviler, a large one-eyed kaiju with a small cranial capacity and the big ability to devour anything it sees without considering the consequences. Uh, when Sky Deviler died at the end of a shocking Truth DVD, it, gave, it left behind a mysterious egg which was stolen by the posse. And that's what became Baby Deviler, which is apparently being trained up by Kung Fu Chicken Noodle and whatever. So that's all the Wikipedia stuff about it. But wait, there's more, apparently. Uh-oh. Because on Kaiju's Twitter... Actually, before we get to that, we will mention that I believe that there's only a couple of matches which might be coming. Seems to be that um, Iron Brother Fist wants to take on Kung Fu Chicken Noodle for some reason. I'm not sure why, because I don't know the story. But they actually announced in December who American Beetle was going to defend his uh, title against. I actually believe I left him out. I didn't mention him. Uh, Sekhmet, who is the first mate of G the Space Pirate, and is a giant lizard-like creature named the Monolithic Marauder, who is one of the biggest kaiju in the universe and one of the most feared. If you look at him, he's kind of like Godzilla in size kind of thing and yes he will be again there's more about him in the video apparently he's got a band on his leg that controls it and the clip basically he says the band is nothing it's lost its power ages ago I just do it for the heck of it which is kind of cool but now we come to the what it is on their page on their Twitter, I'm only going back about six months, but they do post fun facts. 
So here are some of the fun facts that you may not know. In fact, nobody knows about Kaiju Big Battle Stars. Fact number 246. The Iron Brothers actually belong to a pseudo-religious cult led by the secretive Iron Maiden. Uh, fun fact 480. You can tell which day a minion was made by the colour of its shirt tag. Fun fact number 919. Silver Potato had two cats called Sinister and Dexter. Fun fact 122. The steam-powered tentacle boulder can only survive ten minutes when his furnace is extinguished. What makes you think that's going to be a storyline down the line? Oh my god. Fun fact 139. Kaiju announcer Yukon is on the run from the law for stealing a truckload of chocolate microphones in 2003. Okay. Uh, fun fact number 426. Dr. Cube has 73 backup helmets. Fun fact 106. Dino Kang's genetic code was 49% kangaroo, 49% dinosaur, 1% black-eyed pea, and 1% unknown. God damn you, Fergie. Anyway, um, fun fact number 685. Dino Kangs can make about 10 sounds. Cycloptopus make about a hundred. Fun fact nine two five: the Danger Cage was originally called the Danger Palace of Doom, but became the Danger Cage in two thousand and one. Uh, fun fact number twenty six: the Zerk Todian alphabet only has one hundred and twelve letters. Only that much. That's a bit disappointing. Fun fact four two five: Nepalian can't walk backwards while chewing gum. Uh, fun fact 33, Sky Deviler eats through donuts two times faster when listening to emo music. Fun fact number 436, Uchu Chu has orange teeth. Fun fact 885, Steam Power Tentacle Boulder played Eli Whitney in an off-Broadway play. Okay, um, fun fact number 305, Silver Potato invented the three-sided die so he could win a bet. That's pretty clever. Uh, fun fact 686. Dino Kang Jr. can hold more food, in his, more food in his mouth than his belly. Fact 374. Thomas Edison coined the word kaiju and sold it to a group of Japanese businessmen for $27. <laughs> uh, if you know the history of Edison, that actually could be true. Um... Fun fact number 730, the fear of fighting vegetables is called lucha lacanophobia. Well. Apparently. And I think that is all. Just having a quick look. I don't even want to scroll further down, I think. Okay, Nikaiju is even putting tweets out in apparently Japanese. Uh, that's a little worrying. Well, you know, it's it's kind of funny that you bring up the Japanese because uh, during this research, uh, I actually found a video of apparently Japanese TV uh, doing somewhat of a, a news report on Kaiju Big Battle, and uh, their their reaction is pretty much uh, is priceless to be honest. Uh, they seemed like they enjoyed it, and you know. Since I I don't know what their what their reaction what they're trying to say I don't speak Japanese uh, I I don't know what their reaction is 
about this concept, but they seem pretty happy about it. Yeah. They would be. They're pleased about anything. <laughs> well. But it, actually, if you look at the videos on their channel, on YouTube anyway, they have facts at the bottom as well, which I haven't got them in front of me, but... Oh, my word. Oh, wow. Apparently, there's a, there was a sampler that was done last year that was... You can stream it for only $2. I am now clicking that link in some perverse kind of mind mess. Anyway, that's... That's the ins and outs of Kaiju. If you are interested, it is available as a live stream on the Friday evening before WrestleMania. I personally feel you'd be better off listening to the open book because it'll be a whole lot more interesting. Well, I don't know about that. I would say if you're looking for entertainment, I think definitely check out Kaiju Big Battle. No offense, I see, but I think it's... If, uh, if you can cope with it. I'm actually looking, apparently this sampler has eight matches, and it's $2. That's a good deal. Get that, and if you're intrigued any further, buy it. If you're not, don't. Or, um, they used to do the shows in anime conventions, so if there's an anime convention near you, and there happened to be Kaiju Big Battle, maybe there's a chance there. Yeah, as long as long as you don't have to pay too much. I'm just I'm actually look. They have got pay per views on Smart Mark, but they're all like ten dollars. So if you, to be honest, go for the uh, the sampler. That'd probably be your best route. I don't know who's providing the live stream. Have they said? It's WWN Live. Oh, okay. Right. So there's kaiju stuff actually on there, but it's WWN that's really doing the stream. Okay, that's all right. Right, <laughs> with that, we're going to get away from that very quickly. When we come back, we're talking Shine 8 and run down the card for the AIW Absolutely Intense Wrestling show happening uh this weekend so i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure we lost all our listeners because of this well i don't know that'll make up for last week's good numbers (laughs) 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 if you are still listening wow thank you but yeah thank you but we had to do that at some point just to basically mean that we never have to do it again and because it's april fools next week so yeah there you go Rather, we we thought we'd give you something light-hearted but true, rather than something that's completely fake. Because, don't worry, we were thinking of that. We were just about thinking of that. Perhaps we still are, but you'll have to wait and see. So yes, Shine 8, AIW Talk. We'll see you after the break. Here's a few commercials. See you in a few minutes. Stay tuned.
TNA Impact Wrestling fan? Are you looking for a show that talks about TNA Wrestling? Then tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, as he reviews the latest episode of Impact Wrestling and takes your phone calls to get your thoughts on the state of TNA Wrestling. Are you ready to cross that line? On the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, wa- I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlockSandlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of the And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes, right here on the SNS Radio Network. Wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. His charm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... J.J. The most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library, and it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. 
He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. skip the middle segment entirely i don't blame you either but anyway welcome to the final part of this week's old indie show with sandra and ashley and uh, uh, sandra there was something you wanted to mention just before we head into anything uh yes i, I guess if you're interested in watching the kaiju pay-per-view, uh if you order it now um you'll get it cheaper probably at 10 bucks at best but if you order it on the day of the show, you'll probably charge with uh, 15 bucks. But, after, but that's normally the situation with all the WWN stuff, isn't it? Yes, this, that also includes the Dranga USA shows, the Evolve shows, and the Shimmer shows. Yeah, so uh, check that out. Check the website out, I guess, if you've got questions. I'm looking at the frequently asked questions. It doesn't say anything about... What are the prices of your shows? <laughs> which is anyway, which, which is weird because uh, you know a couple of months ago they they would give you the information about the prices, but for some reason over the last two or three months they took that out. I don't know why. It's kind of weird, but like I said, it'd probably be uh, ten bucks if you pre-order it right now. Yeah, so check it out. Whatever. I'm just trying to see if there's actually anything going on. Yeah, it's, some, of, some of them it says like free price levels, free pricing options, like for the uh, open the ultimate gate. But it doesn't say what those pricing options are. Exactly. I guess you have to be logged in in order to actually see them. Maybe, I'm not sure. <laughs> Which, if you haven't got an account there and you're intrigued. But you don't want to sign up. It's kind of what do you do? Anyway, WWN Live. If you are listening, try and correct that or something. So people that haven't seen it before, who are intrigued, even if it is kaiju, know how much they have to pay for it. Anywho, now we jump into the final show that we need to review and give results on. Which is last weekend's Shine 8 card from Ebor City, Florida. And starting off with a pretty decent, if under, yeah, under-promoted, I guess. It wasn't huge match. It only went for about five or six minutes, I think. Which saw Luscious Latasha take on Vader Scott. I, I mean, Nikki St. John. That was not the correct view, but... Yeah, 
Um, Sorry, I, I just said Vader Scott because they look exactly the same. Well, yeah, they look a bit similar, but not too similar. But uh, I understand where you're coming from. They both wear glasses. They both have stockings. They both have like AJ style checkers on their pants. Well, enough said. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, this was a decent match. Uh, that doesn't have to be too special. It was a, a short match, but. Uh, uh, Nikki St. John was pretty much dominant throughout the match. And uh, a funny thing was that uh, she had the glasses on throughout the entire match. Which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, sure. Um, and she got the win, by the way. <laughs> yes, got the win with... Uh, it was a, basically a, a bulldog from the corner, wasn't it? Yes. Nice little move, though, I will say that. Uh, next up, we saw Brittany Savage, who, when I first saw her, I was like, wow, welcome to Barbie. Because it was very... She did look very plastic, let's just say. Wow. <laughs> With the greatest of respect. The, ha- the, ha- the hair just looked fake. The face looked fake. She she isn't fake because she actually was a pretty damn good wrestler, but it's just the way probably the light was hitting her or whatever. I don't know. Wow, tell us how you really feel. Yeah, well, it's, it, clean, it clearly is how I'm feeling over these past few weeks after that rant I had on the TNA website. That damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it was it was just the way it she appeared, possibly the the makeup that she's got on, but. You know she's still attractive. I'm not putting. I'm not saying like, oh, she's completely ugly. I'm not kind of that stupid thing. She was still. She was. She. she uh, the important thing is she could wrestle. Yes. Yes, that's what matters. Uh, she was taking on Sue Young, who also, again, some people would look at her and go, no. But the important thing is, but you know, as I say, both of them can wrestle. Overall, this was. Uh, this was a good match. Okay, you you had quite a few good matches uh, in a row here. You were building up to the the big fights that they were promoting quite a lot. But a very good match between the two and a nice yellow fever submission. Yeah, a very good, interesting submission. Uh, Sue Young is uh, getting better at every show and she's getting quite some popularity in Shine. And I wouldn't be surprised if she would get signed by any of the two companies. Yeah. That's certainly... I'd, I'd certainly agree with that. Um, now it, was, it was from then on that I actually noticed... I don't know if this was for every match, but Daphne, who is the host, mm-hmm. apparently likes putting random time limits on matches. Oh, she does that every show. This match... We'll have a 34-minute time limit. That's how she Of course, is. later on, when it got to 69, huge cheer from the crowd. Yeah. Mainly because of the bar. Yeah. This is the same place that does... Is this the same place that does the dollar twenty-five beer? Uh, no, that's in Chicago. <laughs> this was in Florida. Okay. But I wouldn't w- be surprised... Was it free beer? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> you wouldn't make no money at the bar. 
All I know is throughout the whole event, Daphne sounded drunk. Hell, at the start, she went hashtag drunk Daphne. Yeah, I did notice that. That's a that. sign. I did notice that. Uh, she had, she's quite a personality in the Shine shows. Uh, oh, yeah, at, definitely. At first, when when I was watching it uh, you know, a couple of shows ago, I was kind of bothered by it, but uh, it just grew on me, and I didn't mind it. So, yeah, It's fun to listen to her, whether it's on the ring announcing or the commentary. Yeah. Uh, next up, saw Brandy Wine, who uh, apparently is a veteran, with... Uh, Previously, apparently, she brought out a tag team partner as a cardboard cutout on a stick. But this time, the actual real uh, Malaya Hosaka mm-hmm. uh, accompanied her, taking on uh, Jamie Jameson. And this was a good match as well, because obviously here, because you had two people in the corner, you were getting quite a lot of interference from Hosaka. Uh, but eventually, she, uh, Jameson managed to t- knock Hosaka off the ring apron and then managed to, uh, do a small package on Brandy to get the win. Yes. Now, uh, before I give my, my thoughts on this, now, actually, was this one of the matches when you gave your prediction that one of their names was similar to somebody you knew? Yeah. Now, who was it? Brandy Wine. Now, there's, the- I must say, the wrestler Brandywine uh-huh. looks 15 million times better than the Brandywine I know. Wow. <laughs> Basically, the Brandywine that I know look into a black hole and that kind of is, you wish the black hole was this person's face. Damn. <laughs> Okay. Not that there's anything wrong with ugly people, but that one was just a bit too messed up. Wow. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, this match itself, you know, another, another good match. Uh, I actually enjoy uh, Brandy Wine, you know, how she how she did in the ring and her personality. And uh, yeah. Jamie Jameson um, definitely impressed me. Um, she could be one of those, uh, you know, definitely up-and-comers in Shine. So I look. My prejudice over the name Brandy Wine is now gone. <laughs> so I, I look forward to seeing more of these two, especially uh, Jameson. Brandy Wine will always be the wrestler now. The other one will just have to be called Real Fucking Ugly Chick. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, uh, next up, very good match here as well, in my opinion. Uh, Sojo Bolt versus Santana. I think. Uh, Goes by name in other companies as Santana Garrett, isn't it? Yes, and it's the same Santana that showed up at one of those tape pay-per-views from TNA that probably nobody will watch. Well, maybe I will. Oh. Or maybe I'll watch the women's one just to be curious because there were a few talents that were there and I want to see them. But she's what she she was revealed as the four hundred thirty-seven thousand eight hundred seventy-second member of Aces and Ace. Uh, you're thinking of somebody else, but we'll get to that later. No, she was the 473,271st. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Probably. Uh, un- unofficially, there is about 7 billion people. Everybody somehow is part of it. Sadly. Don't ask me how, but the Aces and Eights have that way. Apparently they hacked the United Nations or something. 
kaiju sending Sekhmet out to get them. Yeah, like you said, um, anyways, back to the match. Uh, another good yeah, match. Yeah, Sojo Bolt Santana, <laughs> good match. Yeah, pretty good back and forth between the two. Um, Sojo uh, was the heel in this match, uh, obviously. And Santana getting very popular with the fans. And, you know, she's getting pretty good in the ring. So, uh, you know, another good combination of good looks and, you know, good athletic skills in the ring. And, you know, I'm telling you, I think Santana, she's one of those chicks that could definitely get signed in either companies and could be somewhat of a, I guess, a top-tier talent in the women's division. Mm-hmm. All I'll say, though, Santana could, you know, in the form that she's in, expect to see her pursued by somebody from Stamford or somebody from Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, uh, this is when we stepped up a gear. A very, very good match between Nikki Rocks or, as you might know her, and as the commentator kept mentioning her as, Roxy from TNA <laughs> taking on Mercedes Martinez. This was a this was a brilliant match. Yeah, not uh, the you know the the, the 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 technical stuff when it I haven't seen it before. The variation of the surfboard, which I think Daphne called it the rocking horse. Yes, because that's what it looked like basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it looked like something different if you've seen too many Joy of Sex videotapes or whatever. Wow. <laughs> There's too many things that I've seen in this world. Wouldn't it be weird if you saw that straight after the Teletubbies? Anyway, Ooh. um, yeah, this was a very, and the fact is as well that Rocks managed to get out of the rocking horse into an ankle lock. Oh yeah. Reverse the submission into a submission of her own. Beat that swagger. <laughs> Yeah, this is another great match here between uh, two good uh, female wrestlers, and um, uh, this can, this match could have went either way because there was a point where you know where Martinez was was um, was dominating the match, or there was a time where Nikki was uh, was dominating the match, and it could have went either way. Uh, the finish came when um, Mercedes Martinez uh, basically hit a uh, fisherman. Uh, Brainbuster for the win and mm-hmm. winning the match, but this this didn't stop because before Martinez even left the ring, there was some commotion by the bar area, and there was some commotion actually. I think by the front door, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. It was in the same area. But uh, what happened, Ashley? Tell us what happened there. Well, turned out who broke in through the front door. Lever Bates and Kimberly. So the match started immediately. <laughs> and tell us, what was Lever Bates cosplaying as? As I mentioned last week, and as was teased in the video, she was Bane. And he, at one point, as if she was speaking without a microphone, there was some weird thing where she was basically quoting Bane. Yeah, there was a point where... I guess her... And then the Deshe Basarad chant started. <laughs> yes, I'm assuming her, her video promo from last week aired over the the speakers. No, it was different. Was it? I thought it was the same. No, it, different lines were used. 
Oh, okay. Completely. And also, fans bring the weapons. Yes. No fans gave them weapons at all. I know. They were in a they were in New Jack's garbage bin. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to do that because apparently everybody marked out about it on the uh, lockdown coverage that we did. But anyway. But yeah, and as Bane, she was trying to to talk on the mic at one point, and as the regular Bane in the Dark Knight Rises, I couldn't understand what she was saying. <laughs> If it was Brad Maddox Bane, you'd have understood him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. But there was a lot of fights that were just kind of crazy. Um, there was a point where Leva Bates hit a pedigree on top of the speakers, which looked yeah. pretty bad. The new Jack speakers. <laughs> Sometimes they did get really bassy, those speakers. <laughs> and um, there was a point where I believe it was, yeah, it was uh, Kimberly locked on a Texas cloverleaf on Leva Bates while she was hanged up the, upside down from the turnbuckles, which looked pretty crazy, I, I thought. I thought it was a great spot there. Yeah. And then it got really interesting towards the end when... Uh... Lever got handcuffed. Uh, basically, yeah, she got handcuffed up and then tied to the ropes, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And Kimberly got a cookie sheet and started beating the crap out of it oh, yeah. against Lever's head. And the referee just stopped the fight. The key thing is, though, this match was fans bring the weapons and an I quit stipulation. In essence... This is your Stone Cold Bret Hart. Because Lever never said I quit. Mm-hmm. She just passed out. So expect this to continue at Shine 9. And I'm wondering what stipulation will happen there. I, I, seriously, am, I seriously am afraid <laughs> as to what it will be. Uh, there was even a spit. There was spit. There was even a bit as well in which they were rummaging through the, in a comedic bit. They were rummaging through the trash can looking for stuff. Yeah. Kimberly pulled out a lightsaber. Yes, you know, a plastic toy one, and Lever pulled out a hockey stick top. I was kind of hoping somebody would put the somebody would cue the Benny Hill music at that time. Because <laughs> that would have still fit the. They were, trying, they were trying to queue up the Bane music. <laughs> you know what I'm kind of hoping for for the next match? Maybe we, we should see a. Uh, two things. Maybe either a last woman standing match or maybe. Well, we had that last month. Oh, then we, I could have sworn with something else. I could have sworn with something No, it was last woman hmm. standing. Okay, forget leave, that. Leave, leave a one because she choked out Kimberly. Mm, I'm trying to think what match could they do, but I'm not sure. Well, I guess you, I guess the only no thing been doing a cage match. Yeah, I, 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 Iron Woman. Hmm, that's a good one. Not that I'm being sexist. I don't want to call it an Iron Man yeah. when it's two women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either a steel cage or an Iron Woman match, but uh, they'll probably put a, a thirty-minute Iron Woman match. 
That would be interesting. Yeah, I would be intrigued to see that, definitely. But next up, penultimate match, the career versus respect situation. Which, uh, yeah, this was interesting as well. Very, very good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the ending, I think, seemed to kind of split the fans a bit. Because there was quite a bit of booing. Because at the end, it was a good match between the two, definitely. Quite a lot of submission-style stuff from Jessica. Because I think she really wanted to, you know, disrespect her opponent completely by having her give up her career in shine by tapping out. But she wanted to hurt her physically. Yeah, she wanted to hurt her as well. But uh, I think, uh, what's Jessica Havoc's finisher? She was trying to do it on the chair, wasn't she? Yeah, with the, the... Somehow, the referee got downed, somehow. Yeah, there was a ref bump. Ref bump. Woo! And, uh... Jessica Havoc was about to hit a move on the chair, which was on the mat. But, Rebe managed to reverse it, turn it into a twist of fate on the chair, push the chair out of the ring, I think, and then successfully got the free count. Mm-hmm. And there was seem to be a quite a lot of uh, boo. It was quite a few boos. So I don't know if it was they weren't happy with the method, possibly. No, I don't think so because there were a couple of uh, you know, Havoc fans in the crowd. So they were obviously weren't happy that you know Havoc lost. So I don't I don't think it's the fact that the way the ending went down. I just think that you know there were just fans of her of Jessica Havoc that just weren't happy with the result. Uh. But it was still a great match, you know, and it was pretty obvious that it was going to happen. So, yeah. So you know, you know, uh, obviously we might see this. We might see another match between the two, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, oh, uh, but before what, ha- what 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 happened from the end of it though yeah. is uh, Jessica Havoc went, uh, given the stipulations of the match, and you pinned me. Using my methods, which is clearly, you know, underhandedness. I may, res- I may respect you, but it doesn't mean that I like you one bit. And then they were like cheering. So <laughs> I thought a good way. I thought it was a good. Yeah, it was a nice way to have it. But Reby walks out victorious. Mm-hmm. And then we come and she actually, to... And she has a good week because it was revealed that she got uh, proposed by her boyfriend. Yeah, Matt I Hardy was... and Reby are engaged yes. to be married. Lucky motherfucker right there. So, yeah. mm. Those of you who are saying that's a mistake, you are severely wrong. Severely. Uh, but main event, Valkyrie... Um, consisting of Ivalice, Rain, Taylor Maiden, Alison Kay, or as I like to call them after seeing the picture of them for the first time, cheese grater boobs. <laughs> Seriously, who who came up with that idea of cheese grater boobs? Wow, because <laughs> that's what it looks like to me. But anyway, well, they're spikes, They took so. on the team of uh, 
Mia Yim, Christina Von Eri, Angelina Love, and Amazing Kong, who I think unlike you, unlike you four, they actually did work well as a good team. Yeah, I was kind of surprised at that, but uh, this was a, out of control. Uh, they, uh, yeah, uh, Team Shine just came in rushing and uh, attacked Valkyrie head on right before the bell even rang, and. Within a few minutes, the order was took control. You know, you know there was one on one in the rings while everybody else was in the corners. And then halfway through the match, all hell broke loose again as everybody was just brawling throughout the entire venue. Uh, just impossible to try to describe what happened, but there was just a lot of brawling everywhere. Yeah. And. Uh... Yeah, it was, and then the finish came with, uh, I'm guessing it was Made in Sin getting the, uh, what's their finisher called? Because I don't want to call it. It's called the Eight Deadly. Yeah, basically it's a 3D. Yeah, but a Spike 3D because, goddamn, um, they hit the Eight Deadly on uh, Christina Vineri, but they spiked her when she landed, and it looked kind of bad. Uh-huh. Yeah, they got the win. Uh, Valkyrie once again on top, and uh, Von Interby, uh she looked all right. She 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 looked fine after the match. Uh, didn't seem to be anything serious after the a deadly. But uh, after the match, uh, Valkyrie was celebrating, but uh, the rest of Team Shine, uh, they weren't happy with the result and attacked them once again. But this time, everybody except Ivelisse uh, left the ring. And Ivelisse took an ass whooping by everybody else. Uh, everybody else uh, on Team Shine basically hit their finisher on Ivelisse. And she left. Ivelisse was left pretty bad. Yeah. She she had to be like carried out, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, overall, um, grade wise, you know, I can't be overly negative, but not all the matches were excellent, excellent things. But because the kind of opening few matches weren't really brilliant I'm just I'm probably have to edge it to a B plus that might be a little harsh but you know it's pro- it's on borderline A minus B plus mm-hmm. it was it was a pretty good show I think you could have had better matches the the main event being four on four kind of you could have had more tag team matches down the line because if you look at it there were no tag team matches apart from that right Normally, you do have at least a couple of tag team matches in Giant from the results that we've covered previously. Yeah, I'd probably give it a, uh, I give it a B plus as well. You know, another another great show by Shine once again. Um, I guess some of the matches um, could have went a bit longer, but that's only that's just my only complaint. Um, not really a bad match throughout. Every match was good to, you know. Some uh, very good, you know. Can't really complain about nothing else but that. Um, but uh, other than that, what did you think was the match of the night? 
personally, just because of all the storyline that it had, goddamn Kimberly and Lever. Mm. Probably closely followed by Korea versus Respect. You know what? I'm going to go with the, the Bates and Kimberly match as well because I thought that was a really good match. Uh, pretty much through from the start to finish, uh, I thought that was a good way to open the show. And uh, there were a lot of good spots. And, you know, the finish, you know, I actually I liked it. And, event- you know, this eventually leads to another match. So I'm looking forward to the feud. And their next show will take place in April, late April. Yep. I'm actually just uh, <laughs> I'm just having a quick look as if to confound the misery of Kaiju Big Battle Fervor. Looking at some of the Facebook comments, the thing is the show is fifteen dollars. With no reduction, probably. Mm. They can probably get away with it because it's WrestleMania without having a reduction. But yeah, that's Yeah, next week, as I say, it's gonna be hectic. Because oh, yeah. of all those shows for WrestleCon and everything, thank God we don't have to cover Extreme Rising. Then again, would we actually have? Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm still intrigued though as to what Five Dollar Wrestling has. I might have a look at that while we uh, go through this week. One of well, I think it's the only card happening this weekend, mainly because everybody else is preparing for the trip over to uh, New Jersey. So, this is the AIW show, Gauntlet for the Gold 8. Yes. Happening at Turner's Hall in Cleveland, Ohio, this Friday. $15, first come, first serve admission. Uh, this is... This is complicated, because there's quite a lot of big matches here. Oh, yeah. And not big matches. But for a couple here that aren't definitive matches yet... Um, the AIW tag team titles will be on the line with Hope and Change. Uh, who is it? Vader Scott and... Gregory Iron. Yeah, Gregory Iron, that's it. We'll be taking on somebody. To be determined. Yeah. I still think they'll retain. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to make a bold... I think Vader Scott's become my new fave. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction, and I think that they're going to take on the Irish Airborne. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they lost the titles to them, didn't Or no, Irish Airborne were supposed to be taking them on, but that never happened for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then we've also got the fact that Tim Donst will be uh, making some sort of announcement or statement about his future. Mm-hmm. Now, this is only in AIW, so uh, whatever it is, it's only, it's only going to affect AIW. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. Um, yes. Is it? Could it be that he's going to, you know, disappear? Possibly. It's possible. But at the same time, I'm not sure why he would. Uh, I, I think he got the win over Eddie Kingston at their last show, uh, Conspiracy Theory, back in uh, February. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he did because uh, I remember Eddie Kingston was uh, 
He, for some reason, he was pissed at the fans and called them, oh, you're the worst fans ever, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, typical Kingston um, temper wasn't happy. So, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see what happens with uh, Don. We'll see. Uh, next up, we've, well, first of the matches we can really talk about. Uh, Angelus Lane versus Addy Starr. For this one, continue as impressed of what I saw from Addy Starr in uh, the Girls' Night Out show. I'm actually going to go for her getting the win. I'm going to go with uh, Angelus Lane. Okay. Uh, next up, Ethan Page, alongside as ever Silesia Sparks, taking on Joss Prohibition. It's an interesting one. <laughs> yes. Um, for this one, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Ethan Page. Okay. I think just because of Silesia going to be there as well, I think Ethan Page will win that one as well. Next up, the Batiri taking on the Jollyville Fuckets. Whee! <laughs> Got a little name. I'm going to go with the Batiri here. Just, cause of, just because of Veronica getting involved, I think the Batiri will win, yeah. Uh, next up, hashtag Nixon. I don't know which two out of Nixon it is. It's... Uh Ricky Shane Page and Bobby Beverly. Okay. And they're going to take on the team of Johnny Gagano and Josh Alexander. Mm, this is interesting here. Um, Nixon is definitely the, the obvious dominating heel group in AIW. But an interesting tag team with Gargano and Alexander. Uh, I'm going to go with Gargano and Alexander here. I think they're going to get an upset over Nixon. Yeah, I think I think their faces all yeah. after the fact that Nixon seemed to be on the uh, the rise. I think they're going to get a knock down a peg or two by Gagano and Alexander. I think Nixon will still attack them at the end. But yeah, I think I think the hit the faces all win out this time. Mm-hmm. Now next up is, I guess, one variant of the gauntlet for the gold of sorts. Because uh, it's going to be a six-man single, well, single match. First, you know, first pinfall gets the win. It's going to be Davy Vega, Lewis Linden, Marion Fontaine, Colin Delaney, M Dog, Matt Cross, and ACH. Now this is interesting because this six-way scramble match has two stipulations here. Okay, it's got stipulations. Uh. Uh, the first stipulation is that the loser of the match will enter the Gauntlet for the Gold match later that night at number one. Now, the winner of the match will face Eric Ryan later in the night for his Absolution title. Yeah. So let's do uh, two picks for this one. Who do you have for the winner and the loser? Um, I think I think just to be a bit different, 
Davy Vega will win. Because I don't think they want to push ACH just yet. And I think Eric Rowan will retain, no matter what. Because obviously, you've got the uh, the gauntlet for the gold happening as well. Mm. So, re- And by the looks of it, every single one of the people... Oh, not every single one. Okay, looking at it, ACH is in the gauntlet for the gold. Uh, trying to look. Are they all in? I'm trying to, I'm trying to match the pictures. To- Pretty much almost all the participants, except for a few, um, I guess, tag teams, are in the match. I don't see Fontaine in that mix. No, he's in the match. I think he's going to be in the match as well. Because it's 30 guys for that gauntlet match. And the rules of, is the rules of that Royal Rumble? Uh, I believe it is. Yeah. So, who do you think will lose the six-way scramble? Well, what do you mean lose? Because the loser of the match has to enter the gauntlet match at number one. Oh, okay. In that essence, I think it could be Colin Delaney. Because they seem to be pushing a few months back about that whole alcohol thing at the show in November. And I think they could they could tag that along and have... Oh, who did he have in the match a few months back? Hang on, I need to look up my notes. <laughs> well, while you, um, well, while you look for your notes, I'm going to give my picks. Uh, as far as the win of the match, I think ACH is going to win that match. But he's going to lose to Eric Ryan. But he's going to give a, a great showing. Oh, it was Ethan Page. So, I've just noticed Vader Scott is in the gauntlet for the gold. Yes, he is. Am I? S- <laughs> Could Vader Scott win it? <laughs> it's possible, <laughs> but we'll give. Uh, I am just wondering. Well, we'll try to give a pick for that one later. Because uh, I think what could happen? Yeah, I would, would actually we'll do that pick now. Well, hang on. Let me because... let me just do my pick for the loser. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as the loser in the match, I think uh, Lewis Linden is going to lose, and he's going to enter number one. Okay. See, I'm just wondering now if Vader's going to win the gauntlet for the gold, and Iron's basically going to be, "Come on, you got to give the shot to me," and she's like, "Well, no, I earned it," and somehow. She becomes a IW champion somewhere down the line. Ah, uh, you know, it'll be a swerve. It, it would, but... it would. But I do see her like in the final four. Um, as far as the winner, I don't know because uh, there are a few participants that hasn't been revealed as of yet. So I'm gonna say the uh, mist. Uh, one of the mystery entrants is gonna win the the gauntlet match. It's going to be Ultimate Warrior. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then the final match, interesting one as well. Matramont taking on Chris Dickinson. This is interesting here. Hmm. Um, I honestly think here, I, th- I think we could have an upset and Dickinson will win, actually. 
you know what? I'm going to agree. I think Dickinson is going to win as well. But for some reason, and I'm putting this out there, I think we might see, we might uh, see a new member of Nixon because I think Matt Tremont might join them. Oh, it's all going to be, yeah, because he was part of Nixon originally. Chris Dickinson, wasn't he? Yes. And plus he took on uh, Necro Butcher at their first show, uh, back in February, the first show of the year. First show of the year, yeah. So to build up the storyline, I think it would make sense. But we'll see what happens. That'd be interesting, Matrimon heel. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's a interesting situation there. So I guess that is all for this week's show. Um, as I say, next week is going to be very pick heavy. We're going to go through pretty much every show that there is. If we know anything about a $5 wrestling card, we'll tell you. I think the only thing I can probably tell you now and probably will tell you next week, so prepare for a repeat airing here next week, uh, Freight Train will be there. That's all we know. And Kaiju, all we really know is there's going to be that match for the grand title between Sekhmet and American Beat. <laughs> the rest we can actually go through in detail. So I'm, I'm actually I'm actually looking at the PWG forums where they're listed. So yeah, you've got Evolve Friday afternoon, CZW Friday evening, but you've also got I think it's Ring of Honor Friday evening as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the Wrestle Expo actually going on all day Saturday. But if you do want to see some wrestling, uh, midday you've got Shimmer. In the four o'clock afternoon slot you've got Shikara, and then Dragon Gate USA's first show at eight o'clock in the evening the Saturday and then Sunday you've got the second day of the Wrestle Expo uh, and then 1pm instead of 8pm which is a smart move by dragging by them Dragon Gate USA will be having their early matinee show which is only three miles away from the location of Wrestlemania five miles from Manhattan and minutes from the Newark airport apparently here uh, if you want more details, go to WrestleCon.com. We'll probably put links up on the Facebook page all over the weekend if you are in the local area. I'd actually like it if, like, on the Friday, considering it's afternoon, whether Bronx and JJ and Harmony could go to the Evolve show. Because the Evolve show will have some great wrestling if they do get a chance. I don't think they're... I'm not sure they would be interested. But it would be cool if they yeah. would, though. Well, no, they'd be less interested in CZW. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although, uh, although, uh, uh, although I think um, Harmony might like Blood because there's that famous story that she busted up JJ in, the, in his forehead. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, hopefully Harmony, JJ, you both, if you are listening to this, I hope you both have a great time uh, in New York, whatever you do, over the course of that week. We'll probably do this again next week, but because you'll be in the, probably the middle of uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony. Hopefully, I'll see you. Or WrestleMania itself. Hmm. Or at WrestleCon, or DDP Yoga. Um, but anyway, yeah, hope you both enjoy it. Uh 
I'd like to see Bronx go. How far is it from Bronx, do you kind of guess? Um, is it quite a way? No, it shouldn't be that far. If he has a car, it wouldn't be far, but I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you are in the... You intru- have you got too much of a workload, Sandro? means you can't really do it. Yeah, sadly, I, I work oh. on the weekend, so I will not be attending any of the shows, sadly. Even though uh, I could make the evening shows, but I don't have any uh, tickets for the shows or any ways of transportation to make it. So I'll probably just... Not even $5 wrestling. I probably don't have any interest in that. <laughs> Five dollar wrestling, now featuring um, X Pac. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. But anyway, uh, if you if you are in the local New York Jersey area, go to it if you can. I cannot recommend it enough. It, trust me. If there was some sort of WrestleCon here in the UK with all these promotions happening, I would be there like a flash. It's like yeah. Screw all my savings. I'm using it now. So, uh, yeah. that's. We'll mention more about it next week, but this is the last real time before the event that we'll get a chance to talk about it. So check it out if you are interested. If you can't obviously be there, mo- as we said, most of them are on iPay-Per-View. So check them out if you can. With that being said, that's all for this week's show. Uh, make sure you check out all the other shows here on the network. You have live show-wise, you've got Wrestling News Live with uh, Bronx and Trey, I believe, for the next couple of weeks while JJ is away at WrestleMania, or in the New York, New Jersey anyway, for, for WrestleMania in a couple of weeks. Or, or actually, next week, <laughs> should I say. Uh, at 9 Eastern. Then you have TNA Chat Live every Thursday at 4 Eastern with Mav and Crelly. Then TNA... Ch- uh, did I say TNA Chat Live with Crelly and Mav? I meant <laughs> running the ropes. Wow! You can tell it's a long night here, people. I'm close to being completely tired. I apologize, Crelly and Mav. You, uh... You hosted the wrong show for about 15 seconds there. It's running the ropes with them. TNA Chat Live is hosted by Bronx at 10.30. It's because we've got two shows that day that I was getting confused. Really, we should actually... There's a new sounder that I believe has been put together. We might have to use that from next week. Just for ease. (laughs) Um, Sorry, Mind Wipe, we didn't use it this week. Bear with us. We're just uh, we're, we're trying to come to grips with Kaiju Big Battle. Feel pity for us. <laughs> um, you've got the open book with Sean and myself Fridays at eleven. We will be taking off a couple of weeks though, live shows anyway, to uh, restructure the show. I guess I don't, I don't know if it's to restructure or just to give us a a little break. But we will be doing some sort of podcast, I believe, sometime mid-April to coincide with some Xbox event, probably for a new console, but more will be heard about that on the open book. And then you have Sunday Night Showdown, 
every pay-per-view Sunday at 8 Eastern. Uh, the WrestleMania coverage to be supplied this year by uh, Trey and Bronx and L-Train. So I look very much forward to listening to that because it's always good. Whether we'll get such a mark-out moment as two years ago when the Wrestling News Live sign appeared after the res- after the Undertaker-Triple H match, which was a bit of a damn surprise. <laughs> I don't think anybody saw it coming, but... Anyway, uh, yeah, podcast-wise, um, Sandro, um, try, just to make sure I've got, you know, you keep track of what I'm saying <laughs> in case I make any more mistakes. Uh, you've got Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. Very nice tribute to Paul Bearer, I will say, uh, from Sean this week. Really enjoyed that. Um, you have the Elite Force podcast the midweek edition with Chuck W and the weekend with Walkie and Mindwipe. You have... I think that's all you that's, have apart from us. Yes, that's it. Yeah. And we're on... Yeah, next week we're going to be on a lot of caffeine. Well, maybe you, but I don't know about too much about me. Well, I have to. I have to be on caffeine. Oh yeah, you have to to see all the. Oh, look at it! Combat Zone Wrestling starts at eight o'clock my time. We'll, we'll we'll give the details out next week. No, but it's eight o'clock your time, which is one o'clock in the morning my time. Oh. Then again, I have to be up four in the morning for open book, but it's still it's especially bloody. Why do we have to go up against Kaiju? Wow. And they'll be on until 2am. Yeah, that's, it. that's an even more crazy thing. I don't think we should try and challenge them to try and see who goes off air first. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway. Um, song of the night this week is the almighty Harlem Shake. Ha <laughs> ha! Yes! Uh oh. You see? You should have seen this coming. April, f- a- April, you know, a whole load of hilarity. Look at all these videos on the internet. whole load of hilarity. Let's bring out the Harlem Shake, people. So, with that, have a good night, people. We'll see you next week as the road to WrestleCon and WrestleMania and everything gets goddamn congested. And... Yeah, I nearly forgot my liner. Wow, that was Sandro. This was Ashley, and all of that was your weekly slice of indie goodness. I'm officially stupid. Good night. See you next week. Con los Seriously, guys. You thought I was going to play that as Song of the Night? April Fool, Mother Hubbards! Wow! Oh, when I woke up tonight, I said, I gotta make somebody love me. I'm gonna make somebody love me. And now I know, now I know, now I know, I know that it's you. You're lucky, lucky, you're so lucky!